This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the only two-time PWG Battle of Los Angeles champion, King Ricochet, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I would like to welcome you, as always, to episode number 93. Oh, man. I'm Nick Howell. And the crown jewel of the Orbital Jigsaw Network, I am Sir <laughs> Ian Dangerous. But uh, do welcome. you get your own pay-per-view? I get I get seven figures for my own pay-per-view. Uh, if I'm WWE, I get eight. Uh, so... Welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome back to the show, I should say. Uh, if this is your first time joining us, thank you and welcome. We do have places you can go visit us on social media. The Facebook discussion group is uh, probably one of the best places to link up with a lot of the other people who are into this show. Uh, you can search for us on there. We have a lot of nice discussions, yes. uh, feedback. We have our live discussions during the shows. And then that's also like the hub for all new, all the news about the show and everything else that's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, you can find us on Twitter at BWO podcast. And uh, Nick, you can also find us on Patreon as well. Yes. Uh, if you'd like to contribute and help support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Check out all of the awesome tiers that we have over there for anywhere from a dollar to five dollars to ten dollars, all the way up to a hundred. Whatever your heart desires, every dollar counts. Thank you very much to all of our current patrons and anyone who's considering it. If you have any questions, please reach out and let us know either in the group or privately. You can email us BWO at orbitaljigsaw.com. And one more piece of business. Oh, okay. Everyone, if you are not on YouTube right now, because as we're recording this right now, Nick, we are indeed live on YouTube. And uh, we are live on YouTube every week at yes. 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Yes. Uh, so if you want to go check us out on YouTube, you can subscribe to our channel, BWO Podcast, uh, on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the little bell so you're notified every time we, we go live and do this. Um, and that way we can get to all the, the millions. Yes, and millions of BWO listeners out there uh, waiting to listen to our show. Uh, but yeah, so check us out on YouTube as well. Uh, you know, Nick, but before we talk more about our YouTube channel and a couple of things, we got a little more business things we got to get into in the big news segment. We got to like overall this week, I got to say we were falling out from hell in a cell, right? We just had the hell in a cell pay-per-view over right. at WWE. Yep. And we, so we had some fallout from that, but really there wasn't a whole lot of fallout because we have so many other big shows coming up. Yeah. It's like we just moved on from it. Like whatever next. It's not even that we moved on. It's that we've gone straight into an ongoing commercial for like eight <laughs> different products. <laughs> For WWE right now, it's just it's relentless. It's relentless what they're promoting on their show, whether it's 
you know, the Australia Super Showdown, whether it's the Crown Jewel over in Saudi Arabia, Women's Evolution, uh, whether it's whatever's Are we going to have TLC what, this the year? The Total Bellas they're promoting right now, like oh, everything. God. Yeah, TLC, they announced TLC in December 12th. Uh, That's yeah, weird. Why is I'm, it in December? Because everything else they're doing, they push the Survivor Series is in November, and then TLC is in December. That's odd. There's okay. so much that they're promoting. Um, but yeah, so the, but it was also a busy week outside of the main roster of WWE. Uh, NXT had just one, arguably one of the best matches in WWE this year uh, on NXT. That will absolutely be a match of the year contender. I can't um, wait to talk about absolutely that. Absolutely can't wait to talk about it either. 205 Live moved to Wednesdays and now is no longer technically live they film it live but it, it is not shown live yep uh may young classic is ongoing we have a mixed match match challenge debut this week uh new japan had two big shows we got to talk about pwg had their battle of los angeles which was three nights which we got to talk about really quickly there plus there's a bunch we got listener questions at the end of the show nick there's a lot to get to and i can't wait to get to it so we got to just get right into it and talk about the big news Breaking news, breaking news, news flash. There has been a lot going on in Nick Howell's life in the last couple of months. We went on a vacation, came back. You guys saw what was going on with the dog earlier this week. If you're on Facebook, you saw the most hideous... Like that's like a horror picture, right? Your dog. I, I wish we could have waited. No, I don't wish we could. I don't want to wish that on. I wouldn't wish that kind of stuff on my worst enemy because it, it was just horrible. Um, the good news is she's doing fantastic. Thank you guys so much for all of the outreach and the support and the well wishes and hopes and prayers and all of that stuff because it's working. She's doing great. She's good. It's amazing what putting drops in her eyes for four days will do. <laughs> Stupid borders. The the silver lining of all of this is that the kennel did end up taking full responsibility. It has has is owned up to it and is is going to pay all of the medical bills that are now into the thousands of dollars. Well, good, as they should. Yeah. But uh, that's not really what the big that's news the is. Big the, the, I, was, I, was saying, I was just the prefacing <laughs> that things have been a little busy around here, and I'm about to ramp it up even further. Okay. Orbital Jigsaw and myself are moving. Yes, the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena is moving. Yes. My goodness. Uh, we, we, we are going to build a brand new facility in our new home, I'm proud to announce, right here exclusively on the Busted Wide Open podcast, is going to be in Raleigh, North Carolina. My goodness. That might sound weird, unless you live on the East Coast and you understand that Raleigh is kind of a mini Silicon Valley in on the East Coast that's happening and it's exploding over there. Yes. There's a lot of production stuff that goes on in Eastern North Carolina. It's a great place to be with a lower cost of living Los Angeles is doing nothing but breaking us uh, financially and emotionally. So we're going to go and get a fresh start over in Raleigh, North Carolina. So things are going to be a little bit dodgy for the month of October. Yeah, October is going to be of a transitional month. Yep. Uh, we're we're going to have a, uh, a few things. The show will still be coming out every week. We will still have a recap episode of all of the major WWE pay-per-views. Yes. Uh, so that will be normal. The live cast may go down for a week or two, unfortunately, but it will come back up once you're settled I over think there. We're gonna, um, uh, the last one we're going to do is the Super Showdown recap Saturday Correct. night immediately after the yep. show is over. That'll so will go up. Set your clock, set your calendars. We're going to do a live stream immediately after Super Showdown Saturday night for YouTube. And for a small indefinite period of time, that will be the last live stream we do until all, everything gets moved. But yeah, we will still be doing the weekly in. audio podcast. Just want to yep. 
stress that we're going to have some some another some more guest hosts. Judith yes. Brooke will be joining us again for a little bit, and then uh, obviously, as soon as you get yourself your feet back underneath you, and the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena settles wherever it's going to settle. Well, what if I just call in on my shitty cell phone like Ric Flair used to do with Conrad? God, I re- wasn't that a horrible podcast? <laughs> well, I mean, I loved hearing what he was saying when I could. I mean, he's he's garbled enough as it is without the static, right? Yeah, and you know, <laughs> so uh, I will be still staying here in sunny Southern California at the Danger Cave. So I will be I will be transmitting from here. It's going to be an interesting interesting uh, yes. uh, way to do it. Hopefully, I can find some some uh, guests, some some uh, interviews and whatnot down here. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but moving on, the other big news and that and let's get let's get to wrestling here. Matt Hardy looks like he's retiring. It is. Uh, we didn't know that. It's not official. Well, it's been kind of rumored for a while, and then uh, just been a couple this, of months now. Yeah, well, because he's been moving really awkwardly, and he's been teasing it on Twitter. But he's been teased. He's teased us before with stuff. You know, it's, it's hard to take anything that a wrestler says seriously yeah. on Twitter, and it's even hard to take it seriously when they actually say they're retiring. Speaking of Ric Flair, uh, but he now Matt Hardy has said uh, in a video posted on his YouTube account that he is done. All of his obligations to WWE are done. He's done his last house show. Uh, and he's going to go home. He's so he's gonna, not going to do any producing or anything backstage like that. I thought that was what he was moving into. So that's actually that's that's he has been transitioning into more of a, a producing role for okay. right now. He's basically going to go home, hit the reset button, probably get some surgery on his banged up body, um, and then you know come back and and work. And he's not saying it's his last match. He's not even saying he'll never be on WWE TV again. He's just saying the, the Woken character is probably done which it should be. It was a flop in WWE because yeah. they just handled it wrong. Yep. Uh, and from now on, he, we will probably be seeing less of Matt Hardy and he will probably be transitioning into a backstage role. Well, that's a shame. I mean, we one of our specials that we could do, I mean, the, the Hardys have such a, a storied legacy uh, in WWE for over going on 30 years now. Is, have they been there that late 90s? When did they, I can't remember when exactly they debuted. Was it the? So oh, I mean, they were they were working in WWE, WWE from the er like ninety four. I want to say is when they were. I don't both, remember that. They both came in as a couple of young kids. Yeah. Uh, and then they sort of transitioned into being the, the characters that we know. Thirty but, plus years. Yeah. Anyway, I uh, just just want to appreciate how much they've given to the WWE. Well, it hasn't been thirty plus years. They're, they're only forty. <laughs> well, you said 94 yeah so 90, oh 20 plus yeah 20 okay, plus i'm sorry years, Excuse Come on. Me. <laughs> don't make it Matt. don't make it more than it should be oh god oh boy i'm old i'm old so yeah i mean so do we have anything we don't know anything right now it's, it's basically just know. speculating that he's going to get surgery he's going to go hang out in cameron north carolina he's for a while saying and, he's done he's saying i'm done i'm going home i can I'm, totally see that dude starting his own wrestling promotion he's not starting his, no he's going to work with the wwe he's going to get way more benefits and a lot more money a lot more uh, a lot of a lot easier schedules because he's got two kids and a wife. Is one of the things he said. Maybe they could bring back the trampoline wrestling thing that they did uh, back in the nineties or in the eighties. I guess as kids. No, I, I I like him going into a producer role. He's got a great creative brain, as we've seen throughout his career. Uh, I think he's going to be a, a great person to be backstage producing segments yeah. and producing uh, matches. I think that's a great role for him. It's a smart role for him. So. Yep. Uh, yeah, uh, more power to him. I, 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 you know, it's it's just too bad that he kind of went out with a bit of a, a whimper with the woken gimmick, not really, and, and through really no fault of his own. And I would even say WWE wasn't really their fault. Like it had just cooled off so much by the time that Impact released it. 
you I know, mean, had the, he come in at had they sneakily debuted like that at WrestleMania and come in immediately just doing broken stuff? Can you imagine that WrestleMania if he gets up there and starts doing? He the did. Delete I mean, stuff? he was doing the movements and everything, and he was doing the delete, but he couldn't really go into it. And he couldn't call himself woke and Matt, and he couldn't do a lot of the stuff because of Impact. Because Impact yeah. was saying we we own this intellectual property, you can't use it. Thanks, guys. And so it did. It did kind of ultimately kill the character, unfortunately. Yep. Oh well. But uh, well, that is the big news, Nick. We got a lot to talk about, so let us run on over and talk about Monday Night Raw. Uh, as you said at the top of the show, Monday Night Raw, and frankly, SmackDown, uh, has been mostly a commercial for 27 other pay-per-views that are coming up in the next six weeks. Monday Night Raw, much more egregiously so. <laughs> yes. Much more egregiously so. It felt like virtually every segment was to build for a match at one of these pay-per-views, which is, you know, look, to be fair. And not just that. From the commentary to the yeah. in-ring stuff to the... Uh, video packages to everything that was going on in there. It was it was all just I like I. It was either inconsequential or it was hey this is happening at this pay per view, or hey this is about this match that's now at this. It was it just felt like their eyes were set so far down the road that what was happening in the moment was given short shrift, and it felt that way as you were watching the show. You felt like well I don't really care what's happening right now because everything that's important seems to be happening in the future at one of these shows. Yes, and I found myself doing this again. Uh, for those of us who are not watching you on YouTube, what you is know, this? Uh, uh, just pulling my phone up and then you know swiping at stuff because I was bored. I got bored of the constant commercial. I wasn't invested in what was going on on the show because it was so... We, they're just bludgeoning us over the head with this stuff. And yeah. I understand why. I just... I want it to stop. Well, and what was also unfortunate was that it felt like... It felt it felt like the stuff that that had just happened the night before. Yeah, at Hell in a Cell, specifically in the main event uh, with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman, and to some extent uh, Ziggler and McIntyre and Ambrose and Rollins. It felt like that was kind of swept under the rug too. We had an opening segment where uh, originally Roman Reigns comes out, mm-hmm. you know, opens the show again, and uh, he basically kind of you know was like, "Hey, well, I guess I'm still Universal Champion," you know, kind of like. Kind of like, oh, well, it's a good thing Brock came in because, well, that was, that could have been really bad, but, uh, you know, kind of got laid out. Match ended. I'm still Universal <laughs> Champion. Great. Uh, kind of shrugged it off. Uh, I, I, you know, it's funny. I, Wade Keller calls Roman Reigns the uh, human shrug. And I, like, the more I think about it, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of his character. It's just like, I'm too cool. It's kind of a shrug about everything. And he's also got nothing this, really mm, matters. Nothing this, really this, matters. This kind of head bob, like a sassy. Mm, yeah. It's, it's, it always annoys me. He doesn't take anything seriously enough. And so as a result, I don't. Anyway, another we could go down a whole another range. Go listen to our $10 Patreon special on Roman Reigns if you want to hear more about that rant, stuff. But uh, not going to do that right now. I'm basically what happened was Roman comes out, calls out Lesnar, doesn't get Lesnar, gets Braun Strowman. Instead, Strowman says that, uh, I, you know, he's been screwed by Lesnar twice, so he wants Lesnar. And of course, that brings out Baron Corbin, who says you two aren't going to fight now, but you two and Brock Lesnar will all fight together at Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia in November, on November 2nd in Saudi Arabia. Mm. Uh, so that is so that's that all was booked here, essentially. And uh, Paul Heyman came out, brought the the uh, uh, door to the cell. The that, gates of hell. The gates of <laughs> right. The gates of hell <laughs> that uh, that Lesnar had kicked off of the cell the night before. 
and uh, said, okay, yeah, Lesnar's down. Great, he's going to kill both you guys. And then we had that ma- that match made. Stroman storms off to proclaiming everybody sucks. You suck. And you, you suck. suck and, and this you sucks. sucks and this you all suck. It all sucks. The audience sucks. Everything I busted sucks. out laughing. I thought that was great. He's got to be careful, man, because he did that later on in the show to Corbin where he says, you suck, and I know I can, I can kill you anytime. He's got to be careful, man. They're trying to make him a heel, and it's still, this is just so fun that yeah. it's just, he's going to get over as a face again. Yep. Again, he never stopped being over as a face. Fair point, <laughs> yeah. Just... So basically, this whole segment was to promote that we now we have a triple threat in Saudi Arabia on the second. At the end of the whole thing, Baron Corbin's like, hey, you know, Roman, I know you're not 100% after last night, so uh, I'm going to get myself a universal championship match right now because I can do these things because I'm Baron Corbin and I'm a dick, uh, which seemed like a gross abuse of power, even for Corbin. That seemed to be the sort of thing like, wow, if you can book yourself in a universal championship match on a whim, that's a lot of power. Didn't Corporate Kane do that once, though, with Daniel Bryan? I, I'm trying to remember. Uh, maybe. It's been done before. I mean, it's yeah, it's a matter it's, of story. story authority figures. Story convenience, and also because, really, there wasn't a whole lot else to do with Roman yeah. or Corbin, and it was just a way to show Corbin being a dick. I'm fine with it. I it's, mean, I like his character right now, so he could pretty much do no wrong in my eyes. I that They, they wow. really flipped him around to be this corporate heel dick with a little waistcoat on and everything i love it i think it's fantastic they're nailing his character for sure yeah. I, but but at the same time this did stretch my plausible logic eh. scenario a little bit i was just like oh really okay that being said the thing that really stretched it for me was later on in the show roman getting interviewed by i believe charlie caruso and she said roman you're kind of banged up that makes you the underdog in this match oh, oh my god <sighs> stop trying to sell us this man as an underdog and especially with his comeback to that, which was, I'm not an underdog. I'm the big dog. I'll be just fine. It's just a match. Dude, this is, this is for the Universal Championship. This is a championship match. And this is, this is kind of my beef here, is he doesn't take anything seriously. And so why am I? He doesn't take Corbin seriously. He doesn't take his injury seriously. He doesn't play it like he's actually concerned about it. Like, he even throws the just belt over job. his shoulder backwards, almost as if he just kind of doesn't give a shit about that. And I, I that nonchalant hanging it over his back. Yeah. I hate that shit. Yeah, it's too. It, it, here's the problem. Too cool for school. It's too cool thing. for school. It's too nonchalant about the whole thing. And at a certain point, you have to show that there is peril for your main character, right? For your protagonist. Okay, fine. If you're going to have one guy be the main protagonist on your show, cool. A lot of shows do that, all right? Even ones with, with large ensemble casts. Jon Snow is the main character of Game of Thrones. It took us a few seasons to figure that out, but now we know he's the main character, right? Yeah. That's And that's how it goes through a lot of these shows. Fine, you have an ensemble cast. There's one guy who's the main character. But that person cannot be someone who never has any problems, Right. There's got to be internal conflict. There's got to be some sort of concern. Otherwise, they're not an interesting character and we have no reason to care about. We don't invest. We don't want to invest. If we don't see that they believe that they're in peril, we don't believe that they're in peril. So why should we care? Daniel Bryan's a great example of the counter of that. The opposite end of that spectrum. Remember the impassioned promos he used to give and he would get you fired up. And he was constantly in peril. Babyface 101 is getting the crowd fired up where you're like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but by God, I'm going to do it. And you go, yeah. Oh, man. And then he does it. And, and then like, he does it. Oh, God. And you feel this sense of elation that, that has been triggered in you because of that. That doesn't happen with Roman. So going into this Corbin match. You've you honed into something big here. That's, that's a profound kind I of I don't point. feel. I didn't feel like Roman gave a crap. 
And so I didn't give a crap. Like, I don't give a crap. If you had built this match as Corbin, who is a genuine threat, is, is taking on an injured Roman Reigns, right? He's been beat up. Let's leave. Let's let's just say in kayfabe. Let's leave the fact that it took one F five and a couple of like broken table shots to end a hell in a cell match. Right. Let's leave that aside and say, okay, he's beat up from last night. Let's let's work that in kayfabe. He is beat up. He is not one hundred percent. And then make this match mean something. Like it's the universal championship, and this dastardly heel is taking this opportunity to try and steal this thing that is so important to you away from you, and you elevate it that much then this match means something. And I'm going to actually talk about another match on the show where they did that because we had a match between Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins. Oh, yeah. Where they were both banged up because they fell off the cell on Sunday. And uh, Corbin convinced Ziggler it would be a good idea to challenge Rollins because if Rollins didn't show up, then Ziggler would automatically win the universe, the intercontinental well, he would title strip him. because he would strip him. Right. He'd say, well, you didn't show up for a match. You're stripped of the title. Now it's Dolph Ziggler's and Ziggler said, oh, that sounds like a great idea. I have to fight Seth and I get a, I get my IC title back. Well, Seth does show up and he's told he has a match and he gives this immediate like, oh, crap. Well, it's a good thing on Monday Night Rollins because who here and they had this match where they were, it was basically a who can sell better match. They were selling <laughs> that they were hurt the entire match and you felt like at any point either of these guys their bodies could just fail on would just collapse yeah right that was what they should have done in the main event i know maybe they didn't want to have it be too close the two matches you know too close in style but then don't book two matches of the same style you know what i mean like find something else but that's but it makes roman it doesn't help roman to and doesn't help corbin to have him look like well maybe roman wasn't as injured as we thought he was makes corbin look like an idiot but if you look at what Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins did, and Rollins did end up picking the picking up the victory at the end with a curb stomp that he was almost too hurt to cover Ziggler on, you know that felt like a match where there were stakes. Yeah, and you did not know who was more injured. Like these both guys sold like they were legitimately their bodies were barely functioning. I want to go back to a point that you made, and I want to make sure that we 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 earmarked that because you made you really clocked onto something there. And I, as you were describing, I was like, yes. That's it, where you just there. There's no faults with with Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. That's very profound. I, I really like, and we've got several people in the chat on YouTube here watching the stream saying that they don't even watch Monday Night Raw anymore. Yeah, and I'm going, wow. Are, are they listening to us still? I hope so, because this is the kind of stuff that they really need to hear. And it, it's one of those. I, I really just want to make sure that that is such a. a I, I, I've really clocked on to that now. I can't stop thinking about it since you've said it a few minutes ago. It is, it's, that's, that's really it. I don't give a shit about Roman Reigns because he's, he can do no wrong. He's, he's infallible. He's infallible, and that's part of the issue. Uh, and, and Will James in the, in the comments said that the only issue is if Roman cared more, we'd complain about Roman selling himself as the underdog. Well, that's part of the problem, too, is he's booked to be so strong and be so incredibly powerful, Yeah, right, that we can't believe in him as an underdog. So it's it, you can't have it both ways. You can't have him be so strong and infallible and then have us believe that he's beatable ever, right? He's got to be beatable. He has to have some flaws. If he is this strong, there has to be something else that counters that, right? Yeah. That's just classic Aristotelian drama. Yeah. Anyway, bottom line is there, there's a lot of things that they could tweak about Roman that they could fix. We always talk about that. Bottom line is this show just exa- like showed him off more. 
Uh, in addition, part of this this whole main group of guys that we're talking that we're dealing with. In addition to the Rollins and Ziggler match, we had the uh, we had an Ambrose versus McIntyre one on one. Finally, we've been wanting that for a long time. Yes, finally got Ambrose. it. And here's what's cra- first of all, it was a great match. Yeah, it was. just as we thought it would be. They both these guys are it just in in incredible shape right Drew now. Drew McIntyre's next level. He's becoming if it wasn't already last year when we saw him at NXT has become one of my oh, favorite wrestlers. He went easily. away and legit up this game. But oh, so yeah. did Ambrose. Ambrose came back from injury. He Ambrose with a new, is looking a little jacked with a new move set and a, and a more jacked body, as yeah. you said. Like he's looking fantastic in the ring. Here, okay, great match. But McIntyre won completely clean as a whistle clean as a whistle 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 okay that says a lot to me that was one of the most meaningful finishes this week in my opinion because if you look at like what because you and i as you we said we're very high on drew mcintyre yep. we think he could be the guy i, I definitely think he is that's it's not if it's when and we were worried about him being put with ziggler and the way that they've handled him up until this point I've said I believe that they're testing him, that they're letting him slowly build himself in, and this actually really compounds that theory for me, is because they now just put him over one of the biggest guys on the roster completely clean. The fact they let him go over Dean very clean to me is very telling about what they think the future is for this guy. I said on our Hell in a Cell recap, I think he's winning the Royal Rumble. I'm doubling down on that. I think that if we have some patience here, we're going to see Drew slowly escalating and becoming a bigger and bigger and bigger deal. And this is just an indication of that. Yeah. And Unless, that, of course, next week, Dean gets his, his win back completely clean. You know, I could see that as well. And I think they will go back and forth and ultimately lead to uh, some kind of rubber match or something like that. But it's, it's a matter of... Uh, I do think that they need to split Drew off from Dolph. I thought that's what we were going to see with the tag belts, and that's why I called Hell in a Cell the way I did. Arguably premature, but this is inevitable that Drew McIntyre is going to get split off and become the, one of the next great wrestlers for the next uh, five to ten years. He, so. He's going to be amazing, and I, I can't wait to just strap a belt to him and enjoy the ride. So uh, I agree, but uh, back to all of the advertising they were giving us. We had a nice, long, long, long Undertaker promo. And uh, tonight and entrance it was like just, i got up and went to the bathroom it was and undertaker long. was still coming to the ring he was <laughs> i mean that's that's traditional it's a traditional undertaker entrance right but uh yeah so we had undertaker come out and give a nice long promo that basically boiled down to uh i'm gonna beat triple h at super showdown and if he's gonna have Shawn michaels in his corner i'm gonna have my brother kane in mine hello i just broke down a 20 minute undertaker promo into five seconds there you go so Kane is coming out of retirement into well, I guess he didn't officially he's, retire. Retired. He? He's just a mayor. Well, so the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, is going to be in a wrestling ring. I wonder how they feel about that. I wonder. Okay, so first of all, I don't like this at all. Me either. Okay, Undertaker, Triple H, mano a mano, no other outside stuff. You've got my attention. Undertaker, Triple H, with some overbooking and some extra stuff happening besides just them. Uh, I'm not as excited. Do we need Shawn Michaels and Kane outside the ring? Not really. I mean, you know? okay. The nostalgic little kid part of me is like, all my favorites are back. Here's the, the realistic grown up part of me goes, this is going to suck. Yeah, it is. This is really going to, this is going to be awkward. It's not going to be as fun as it sounds. This because is not going to go the way you think. <laughs> no, these guys are, I mean, they've said like the era has passed, but we're going to try and bring it back one more time. There's a reason the era passed. Yep. These guys can't go the way they used to be able to go. Probably, and I suspect can. Uh, he can, but he still works a very slow style. Remember yeah. him and Cena? It, it, last time we had Saudi Arabia, he still works real slow. 
So I do not think, I suspect Shawn Michaels will still look pretty good if he gets in the ring, if he gets in the ring, which is being rumored that he will. Okay. Uh, and then it's being rumored that it will be Shawn Michaels versus Taker in Saudi Arabia. That's going to be announced at some point or some sort of tag team. But that being said, I, the more people get involved in this match, the less excited I am by it. They should have just left it alone. And I don't know yeah. why we're getting the whole band back together. You know, pun intended. Except but everyone wants that piece of that that payday. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. You know, cash piece of that, cash that Australian check, I guess. Uh, yeah, but uh, a lot of people are excited about it, and I know that I'm I'm happy for everyone in Australia who gets to see this that they don't get to see this kind of thing often. So yeah. you know what, I I am just speaking from my own personal feelings on this. Yeah. Well, hey, next up, we had uh, Ronda Rousey come out, and uh, it was kind of built up uh, all the way up until that point that she was going to, she's the new champ, and she's going to give a challenge, how an does, open challenge, and all of that. Hang on. Let me talk for a I second. Just, I just love her, her going, how do, you, how do you do an open challenge around here? I don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, that was how she was building up to it? So Ronda Rousey comes yeah. out and comes out to the ring, and they're teasing us that she's going to do an open challenge, and yes, she was walking around asking about it, but... The whole time they're kind of teasing us, saying, "Is it going to be Natalia? Is it going to be Nikki Bella?" I don't think they said Nikki Bella. I no. actually thought Nikki Bella was going to come out, and that was going to be the thing that sets up the eventual match that we're going to get. But no, Natalia's music kicks, mm-hmm. but there's no Natalia anywhere to be seen. And all of a sudden, the Riot Squad come dragging her her limp corpse yep. out at, out to the top of the ramp. Now, I have to say, you have my attention. Now, you guys know by this point, if you've been listening to this show for long enough, that I'm a huge Ruby Riot fan. Been high on her for some time. I picked her to win the Royal Rumble earlier this year. Thought she was going to get a bigger push. <laughs> yeah. Listen, yep. I, I think this is going to be, you know, she was handily dealt with, but I'm happy to see her getting this kind of work. This is the kind of stuff. She's working at the top of the card now, and it's, it's I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. You're not going to dethrone Ronda Rousey on a Monday Night Raw immediately after a pay-per-view, but if she consistently can stay up there and do those kinds of things, and she looks great doing it. She looks it. great. It was, she gave Ronda a really good spirit at the end oh, of the yeah. The Riot Squad came and attacked Ronda. She beat beat them all away at first, and then finally Ruby Riot found an opening, gave her a spear, and they all beat her down. Uh, that being said, um, I thought that there was, you know, I knew that it wasn't going to be uh, Nikki yet coming out for this because they have promoted that it's going to be Ronda and the Bellas versus the Riot Squad at Super Showdown. This is a con- this is a uh, a continuing theme this week that's been a problem is they've given us uh, online on WWE.com. They gave us the card for Super Showdown some time ago. So we already knew that Daniel Bryan and The Miz was going to be for a title shot. We knew that it was going to be The Bar versus New Day. We knew some of the outcomes to Hell in a Cell, and we obviously didn't 100% know because, you know, card subject to change. Sure. But we also know that it's a bad idea to give out a card and then not deliver on that. Yeah, you don't go away. It, I mean, marketing takes time to prep. You don't go out and spend millions of dollars on marketing materials and you know banners for the right. size of the trucks and the buildings and everything just to, to take the picture of the title out of it. But you know, at the end of the segment, Ron is getting beat down, the Bellas run out, and then it's three on three. Oh my God, that's so crazy. They're all, it's like they're two three-person teams facing off. They were scheduled for a damn match. <laughs> it's but, like they're trying yes, to say, filthy casual in us, the audience don't know that. But it's given us a reason but even here's so this is the thing. And some of these segments, the commentary was saying, oh, man, well, I guess this is incredible news. We can't believe Daniel Bryan and Miz are going to have this kind of match. Well, yeah, you did, because it was posted on social media a week or two ago. So how did you not know? <laughs> Whereas in this segment, the, the announcers, the commentary goes, well, this is this just makes sense because they've got that three on three match coming up. Right. But 
then why were they? I, I, my head explode. Yeah. My head explode. You're, you're too dialed into the ether, uh, to the matrix. You're too plugged in versus the 17,000 people that are actually attending the shows are not. But don't you feel like WWE isn't dialed into itself? Like, shouldn't there be a consistent storyline? Okay, we can't announce this until this event happens on TV. Because what did they did? They somehow not sell enough tickets in Australia because they they didn't think they they could wait a week to tell us that Ronda Rousey was going to team up with the Bellas. I've been like, hearing Triple gonna, H say it's been sold out for weeks now. Sixty thousand so, people. It was know? originally eighty thousand. Nick. Yeah. It was, so what is it? WWE is it eighty thousand or sixty thousand? What sold out? <laughs> How many seats did you black out to to make it sold out? We sold out this week. Just 55,000 people. Next week is forty five thousand. Okay. Yeah, exactly. How many are you covering with a tarp? Right. Right. Yeah, okay, that's my I, point. I don't know. I, I just I want the commercial to stop. That's kind of the running theme of today's show, especially for Raw, is just God almighty. You just gotta stop bludgeoning us over the head with the commercial. I can't take much more. I just <laughs> you know, I want I want more wrestling with my wrestling shows. Well that's the lucky thing is is that, you know, the, so Raw has become because it is the flagship show. That is where they're going to put most of their advertising oomph. Yeah, right. That's, that's where they're hitting the most people. So this is where they're going to. That's the that's the point line for all of their advertising. I get it. I understand why they do it. It doesn't make for good wrestling TV. No, and it doesn't help with a lot of the characters that we want to see succeed. Whether that's Ruby Riot, like a lot of people in our comments right now are saying, why don't why aren't they doing more with Ruby Riot? That's what you're saying. Like you said, dude, she just had action with the women's champ, Ronda Rousey. She's getting a match in Australia. That's doing pretty good. Yeah. That's better than some people like who can barely get on TV or get squashed. Like Dana, <laughs> like Dana Brooke. Right. Okay. Uh, this is good for her. This is great. And especially when Raw is, it's three hours and a lot of it's advertising, but that's its purpose. And I wonder and when SmackDown is going to be the Fox show in the prime time on Friday, if SmackDown doesn't become that. Do they extend it to a three-hour show with a bunch of ads, ads thrown in there? Whatnot? Yeah, yeah, maybe. maybe. And that's where a lot of the, the, the point of the uh, a lot of these feuds starts. So mm. uh, speaking Mm-mm. of other things, Mickey James and Alicia Fox, uh, uh, Alexa Bliss is, what do, you, what do you call them? Cronies? Entourage, whatever. Sure. They had a match against Ember Moon and a returning Nia Jax. You call them the blisters? Uh, oh, Jesus. Oh, oh man. That's, I'm here Thursday. That's your one for the day. Yes. Uh, so Ember Moon and a returning Nia Jax. Your girl, Nia Jax, is back. Yes. And uh, got a big ovation. People were really happy to see her. Yeah. Uh, she, she also had a, um, what's the thing they're doing on Facebook Watch where it's uh, My Kid's a Wrestler or something like that? They had one on Nia yeah. Jax this week. It was actually you really watch it? good. I did watch it. it was Are actually, you coming around on Nia Jax? Um, as a person, yes. As a wrestler, no. Okay. <laughs> I think she's a phenomenal human being. I think the lineage of the Samoan lineage it's a, it's a, from High Chief Maivia that she's a part of, I think that that storied history of wrestling is a big deal, and she seems like an amazing individual. I just, I don't, I don't like her wrestling. Sorry. Yeah. yeah well, baby steps, Nick. Yep. By this time next year. We're getting year, there. <laughs> by this time next year, you'll, you'll be madly in love nah, with her. Yeah. No. Nah, yeah. Yep, absolutely. You'll have nah, like a little Nia Jax up there instead of Braun Strowman. That'll never happen. Yep. Nia Jax on your mic instead of Braun Strowman. I'm telling you. So uh, yeah, this was a, this was kind of a you know it was just, it was a match. It happened. Uh, Ember Moon did end up pulling off a uh, a gnarly looking eclipse. Naya though, however, ends the whole thing, crushes crushes poor Alicia Fox uh, with a Samoan drop for the one two three. So big return for her, but uh, really didn't build to anything. Which is kind of like hail hey, these women are back, and they didn't. They're they're kind of this week. I felt like 
underplaying evolution a little bit. They're talking a lot more about Super Showdown and, and, and Crown Jewel yeah. and not really being like, by the way, evolution's a big deal. Because remember, there was a couple of weeks there where they were basically saying that evolution was the most important thing that's ever happened in WWE. <laughs> You're not hearing that anymore. Savvy says. Nope. Not eh. hearing it right now. Uh, we also now here's the thing. Did you watch Hulu this week? I did. You did. So you missed out on probably my favorite segment on Raw. Which How was, is that even possible? Because Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush are now a thing. Leo Rush is now officially Bobby Bobby Lashley's manager. Okay. Okay. So Elias and Bobby Lashley had a match with Leo Rush on commentary. Okay. Kevin Owens comes out and tries to attack Leo Rush. Leo Rush basically runs circles around him, dances all around, runs down to the ring, runs circles around Elias, who, by the way, had the line of the night when uh, so Elias starts with his with his little shtick. Yeah. And uh, Leo Rush comes out, starts talking smack to him before the Bobby Lashley match. And Elias looks around and goes, whose kid is this? Yeah. Right. <laughs> me, me. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a little roadrunner. Uh, so but basically at the end of all this, Leo Rush and uh, Bobby Lashley end up putting one over on Kevin Owens and Elias. And Leo Rush ends up getting up on Bobby Lashley's shoulders. Bobby Lashley almost drops him. But then the end of the whole thing is Leo, little Leo Rush on Bobby Lashley's ginormous shoulders laughing at Kevin Owens and Elias who were frustrated outside the ring. This whole segment, it's on www.com. Go on there and check it out because it is well worth a watch. It's, okay. it's, it's fantastic. I was, my eyebrows went way up when I heard that Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley were going to become a, a thing. I'm, I'm all in now. I'm all in on it. It's fantastic. I'm sorry for cracking up. I just I couldn't hold it together. DJ Butters in the chat said diabetes, and I, I just I I can't not he see said, that he said diarrhea before that. Uh, uh, but, to to talk about her wrestling, yes, that's oh uh, my I, I think about it. It's, that's what I, it's diarrhea. Oh boy. Okay, so where are we going next? Yeah, I can't wait to see the last diatastic. Diatastic. <laughs> well said, sir. Well said. Yeah. The, here's the thing: is is I, I love Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley. They need to turn Lashley heel. It's not going to happen with Leo Rush, I don't think. But no. if they if they become kind of like a cocky heel team of some sort where Leo turns him into the same kind of cocky heel that Leo is on 205 Live, that's right in Bobby Lashley's wheelhouse. That is right. If you watched him in TNA, that is Bobby Lashley's game. How was Leo Rush on Raw before and like also, Velveteen Dream or something like that, by the way? Uh, like, just convenience. Does, someone, okay. someone said, he would, you know, ha-ha, little guy with a big guy. Ha, that sounds great, pal. Uh, that, that's hilarious. Uh-huh. People will laugh at that. Uh, but this is the thing is that I think that Bobby Lashley, we're, we're, we're short of heels, like really good, legit heels on Monday Night Raw. Legit heels. We got a lot of heels. I'm talking like, yeah. if you can imagine Bobby Lashley as that cocky, big heel with a little mouthpiece. Yeah, yeah. I think that could be fantastic. Oh, that could be just, really good. Just saying. Hey, what else happened uh, off the on the main show uh, that I didn't see on uh, the Hulu edition? Bailey beat Dana Brooke pretty handily. Okay. Uh, AOP beat up a couple of uh, enhancement guys. Barrett Brown and Gregory James. They squashed them. Another same old thing. Same thing AOP's been doing since they got called up just now with Drake Maverick alongside them. Okay, so he uh, was still out. He's looking still like their an manager, manager right? Yeah. Okay. And Chad Gable beat Victor. Uh, and he actually... Uh, knocked out Connor at the same time, much to Bobby Roode's surprise. That whole thing's still going on. But really, honestly, I don't rate that as anything yet until it gets a little bit more time and weight to it. And the fact that they're still fighting the Ascension. 
is not good. So Gable and Root are going to be a long-running tag team. Is that really going to be know. a I don't know. We're thing? kind of already seeing uh, a bit of grumbling between them, and, and hopefully it means that Rude turns heel. Yes, please. Please, please. Put a suit on that guy and make him a dick heel. You talk about needing good heels, yeah. Bobby Rude is a good dick heel. But aside from that right now, it's, it's just it's pretty much nothing. Well, guys, that's it for Monday Night Raw, but we're not done. We've got to go over and talk about everything that went down on SmackDown Live. Well, 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 the big thing to talk about on SmackDown Live once again is my favorite feud on the main roster, Becky and Charlotte Flair. And once again, this was the main this was the main segment on SmackDown this week. This was the end of the show was just Becky getting her belt. That's all this was. The coronation. The coronation of Becky Lynch as the new SmackDown Live. Paige unveiling the belt under the velvet I know, love blanket. Becky sarcastically going, wow, you went all out here, Paige. Right. I've got a table and a little, like a drape over it and the belt. I don't need balloons or like everyone else in the women's locker room out here to celebrate. No, it's, that's cool. Thanks. Yeah. No, that's great. Uh, Sarcasm level 100. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, she also said, I really don't need that. I just want to have Charlotte come out here right now. Which at first I was like, wait, you don't want Charlotte to take your moment at Hell in a Cell, but you're okay with her taking it now. But it did make sense. And this is what I liked about this. It made complete sense because she brought Charlotte out and just went on a gloat spree, was gloating about it. Like, you know, Charlotte, I want you to raise my hand. No, no, no. I don't actually, I don't want you to raise my hand. I want you to put the belt on me. Actually, and no, I don't want you to do either of those things. I just want you, you to call, call me queen. queen, bitch. Woo. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, this was I, I. I think it was Jaffa in our in our Facebook discussion group who just posted hashtag Becky three sixteen. Yes, like when that happened, he was just like, "We do have those shirts on, on T Public, by the way. So we if do. You want to go to orbitaljigsaw.com slash store. Uh, we have sold a few of them. Yeah, already. the Becky so, three sixteen shirts. Yep, uh, absolutely. People are, are buying them, and as I've always said, guys, if you uh, if we see you in the audience on one of the shows wearing one of our shirts or holding up a poster for the show or something like that, uh, we will send you a, a, send you a, a swag package, bag. some prizes. Swag so bag. Definitely keep that in mind. Here's the thing. Here's the one thing. Yep. I loved all of this. Yep. I loved I love Becky's attitude. I love how, they're, how, how the two of them interact. Charlotte and Becky are both playing their parts to perfection. Charlotte as the, the kind of bewildered friend who's still trying to figure out how her best friend could have gone so bad. Becky as the the person who's just finally letting her inner rage out and just reveling in it. And she beat up Charlotte at the end of this whole thing, put her in and disarm her and, st- and walked away as Charlotte just was crumpled in the ring. Fantastic segment. Really drove home that Becky is completely gone. She is now completely evil, whatever, three, whatever you want to call her, 316 Becky. I don't know, though, because the crowd loves it, and I love it. They That's do. That's kind of the irony of the whole thing, and I think the 316 part of it is kind of it's the reminder of kind of ha- what happened with Stone Cold. Yes, yeah. he turned on ev- on the locker room, but everybody loved it because he's right. Because Well, because of She's the attitude right. the attitude that Stone Cold had while he did it, too. Yes, he was totally. just too badass to not like Right. And that's kind of why we're feeling that from Becky is even though the commentary is still playing it as though she were a tried and true blue heel. Right. You've got both of the face commentators saying this is wildly uncomfortable. We can't believe Becky's doing this. And you've got Corey Graves, the heel commentator going, I totally understand what Becky's doing. This is the right thing. Right. Standard dynamic. While you have that going on, 
And you, everything's being played as though Becky were the heel in this. Even though WWE has come out and said, okay, we're going to just play this in areas in shades of gray and, and let the fans decide what they will, I still feel like their thumb is on the side of the scale that is like, we wanted her to be a heel, and by God, we're going to make her a heel, even if it's slowly but surely, we're going to get you to boo her. I don't know. Yeah, Road Dog, I got two words for you. Yeah, it ain't going to happen. Uh, yeah. I, or, or it's either that or they're going to kill whatever fire she has. Pardon the pun. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's going to dampen it down if they try too hard to push her in that heel direction. Yep. You've got to have her have enough badassery uh, as part of her heel persona to 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 drive that, like to get into that tunnel, to, to stick to that line. It's there right now. It, uh, and and, it, and it, they could even ramp it. She could ramp it up even more. But they, I feel it's kind of the general consensus that they're going to f it up somehow. They're gonna, they're just going to make a mess of it of the whole thing. So I, I don't know what to think about the future of this. I'm hoping that they just let it ride and let it happen just organically. But we right. know that they don't have a good reputation of doing that because they want to be in control of everything that's going on. Yeah, I, I here's the thing is that I, I'm worried because it is. I do feel like there's a bit of hurt pride here. You know, for who? Well, Road Dog, when he went, you know, the Booker of SmackDown Live. Sure. When he came out on Twitter and said essentially that the fans got it wrong, they told us, you know, we told a story here on SmackDown Live, and you cheering Becky isn't a sign that um, we told it wrong. It's a, it's a sign that you guys misinterpreted what we were trying to tell you. We didn't want you to cheer. We wanted you to boo, but you didn't so do that. He's this. He was invested in the story that he was telling, that he thought his team was telling. Right. Get the f over yourself. That's what this I is the problem yeah. is this is this has been an ongoing issue with WWE is this sort of pride and stubbornness that probably comes down from the top comes down from Vince McMahon himself who obviously if you look at Roman Reigns he refuses or the XFL for God's sake he refuses to <laughs> let things go right did I fail on this did I did this turn out in a way I didn't plan or didn't have any control over then I want to change that because it didn't go the way I wanted it to. But by God, in the end, I'm going to get my way. So you guys may not be booing Becky Lynch right now, but I'm going to slowly, slowly change her until you finally do boo her instead of looking, taking a step back and going, okay, maybe I didn't do that right, but how can I take the best? How can I get the best ending out of this? How can I, how can I make the most money off of this? How, uh, okay. If you uh, want to look at it from a corporate standpoint, because WWE is a corporation and they're out for money. Yeah, how do you monetize it? They're trying to pay their shareholders, their shareholders, do what's best for their shareholders. And if you're doing what's best for your shareholders, you'll make Be- Becky a tweener heel right now. Full you, disclosure, you, I am a shareholder. I own stock in WWE. Uh, and I am not happy with the fact that they are continuing to just bungle many, many of these angles over and over again. But as long as Vince McMahon still owns 80% of the plus of the company, it doesn't matter what anybody... <laughs> doesn't matter what you think this it's just not gonna matter ever until he steps aside which that's which it could be as early as next year if if the rumors are to be to be believed about the xfl and him going off and doing that and triple h's team taking over could be hmm. uh moving on we did talk earlier about daniel bryan and the miz yes uh the show did start out i believe with the miz this, this yeah week. it opened with miz tv uh, miz tv uh, with, with his with a his very special guest very this week special guest uh, that one he was, that he had to call in so many favors for <laughs> yes maurice maurice ladies and gentlemen uh yeah maurice. nice little heel move there so he interviewed his own wife on miz tv and uh, basically, the whole point was running down Daniel and, and Bree's marriage and then saying how great their marriage was. 
but that it was also Maurice's last night on SmackDown because she has to go be mother of the year right. to their kid. Uh, and Daniel Bryan came out because they were talking too much smack. He said, you talking about my wife? That's where I draw the line. Gets in there, tries to attack Miz. He ends up falling into Maurice, who acts injured, but then is not injured. And then Daniel Bryan almost it's, goes back and forth. Basically, Bryan stands tall. Uh, Miz and Maurice walk away, yeah. kind of having got a little bit over on Daniel Bryan. Afterwards, he calls them both. Uh, Daniel calls them both a coward, and the match is back on. Miz does announce this match in Australia. He and Daniel Bryan are going to have a one-on-one match. Winner is going to get a shot at the at the title, yep. at, uh, whether that's AJ or Samoa Joe. Here's what I took away from this. Okay. Total, mixed match challenge. Total Divas is a, a mixed match challenger out. We don't, we don't have to promote them anymore, so the wives can go away. Great. That's kind of what I wanted. But here's the problem. I feel like the feud's cooled off now. Like having the wives be involved, it cooled off what was such a hot feud going into it. You know, I'm now, now I just, I'm not as excited for Miz versus Daniel Bryan. It's just, they've got to do something in the next two weeks to get me reinvested in those two having some no, direct No, I think beef. they blew their wad. They had such a good video package put together for those guys telling the story to history of coming up through Tough Enough and NXT and all of that stuff leading to, you know, this big feud eight years in the making of, you know, the I'm better than you, no, I'm better than you, all of that. I think they did a fantastic job building up to that first kind of feud that we had between them and all of the stuff going all the way back to talking smack that will that very you in the mouth all of that the stuff. very first match that they had where they had that really long package detailing the seven years or whatever it was of history I was oh man yeah i was all in i was i was i was loving that yep now i'm kind of like eh, yeah okay i well. thought all of this was just building stuff for mixed match challenge and, and total div- total bellas total divas total divas anyway i, I i'm with you I, i've kind of cooled off on it the first match was kind of eh for me anyway, so I I, I don't know. We'll see. Well, what like happens. It, it was it was mad because it had it had a, a fluff ending with the with the the knucks right with the with the oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know it wasn't a clean ending it was a clean finish so it made you want to see more and now Miz has won the last two. Well, here's what I want to say about this: going all the way back to Superstar Shakeup when Miz left the Miztourage and came over to SmackDown Live, I remember specifically saying that they were so high on Miz that they were going to give him a title shot. And it's taken months and months to get here, but I think I, I've been high on Samoa Joe and been high on Shinsuke for the most of the year, but they might pull the trigger on Miz here. It's they a might. very realistic possibility that he has done so well over the last couple of years with the Intercontinental title and getting himself over and all of that stuff, doing such good work. He's a perfect kind of heel character to go up against AJ Styles uh, to fight for that. And it's very possible that he slinks one out and becomes just kind of that chicken shit heel champ that we have for a long time in between the AJ Styles of the world. I don't know if he's going to take the title, but I could see him getting the title shot. That being said, I would be disappointed if either he or Daniel win this match. And that's because if Miz wins it, I'm going to go, well, so Daniel's just another guy. Now, I think he right? is now, which is mind blowing. How yep. do you bring Daniel Bryan back after three years and have him be just a guy? Yep. Shinsuke Nakamura, he came in like a god. Now he's just a guy. Well, he's the U.S. champ that nobody gives a shit about, right? It's I mean, it's it's mind blowing. All the titles except for the two. Uh, but at the same time, I think Miz should get a title shot because he's he I. It, his work rate and what he's doing on TV has absolutely earned it, and he would be a fantastic heel champ as he was with the IC title. 
So, oh man, either way, I'm really torn on this. So that's probably the only thing that's going to get me invested in this match. Yeah. Speaking of the title, AJ Styles, your champion, had a baller match with Andrade Cien Almas, uh, who, by the way, his stock is obviously rising backstage. The fact that he's been given so much TV time recently, and even though he ended up losing clean to AJ here, it was a gr- it was a real grueling match. And it made him look like a million bucks. It looked like he took it to AJ. And only because AJ is as good as he is uh, was he able to beat Andrade. You know, with this incredible uh, roll-up. I mean, well, let's see. Uh, AJ flipped over on top of Andrade and then unflipped himself and turned it into an, a, a Styles Clash for the finish. It was, fan- it was just gorgeous was to watch. This, this match was nuts. And yeah. I, I can't believe they're giving them away right now. But it's... I do see it as like week to week kind of work for Andrade to, I don't want to say prove himself, but does he need to prove himself? Maybe to the casual WWE audience that doesn't see anything but Raw and SmackDown every week. Yes. You got to prove yourself to the guys backstage. It's called called consistency. You can't go out and have one good match and have people backstage be like, cool, let's put, let's give him everything. No, you got to go out there and do it over and over and over again. So they did. They gave him Daniel Bryan. They gave him AJ Styles a couple of times. Andrade at this point has shown them on the main roster on their bigger stage than NXT in that schedule. Yeah, I can go out there and show up time and time and time again. And they've got, he has a great, the whole package, him and Zelina is fantastic. The only one small possible drawback is his trouble with the language. That's what Zelina's for. All right. It, we've, they've worked through harder things before. So I'm, have I'm, they though? Yeah, and look at what's that. happened with Asuka and Shinsuke. They've been, I, they've, I think a lot of that has to do with the language barrier. But they've right. kind of been relegated to the to push to the back a but little bit. But they don't have a Zelina Vega. Okay, mm, Brock Lesnar, they didn't want Brock to talk. They give him Paul they Heyman. That's a high-pitched and that's voice. A, and that's the top. Of, let's do this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Brock Lesnar, I'm going to kill you. Uh so anyway, you're going to tell. I better stop talking about him. He's going to find me. <laughs> this is the thing. Uh, okay, Andrade looking great. I, I think he's got the whole package. Zelina is a great mouthpiece for him, so he could go a long way, and this is showing that they believe in him. Uh, and especially because this match, they let him look really strong against AJ. The fact that they let this go to a finish instead of having it be like a muddled finish, they gave us a whole match yeah. here. And it wasn't until after the match that Samoa Joe came out beat up AJ a little bit and then ran away. So that feud's going to continue. And it's all about them being vicious to each other, about beating each other up now, it seems, and not about Wendy and and AJ's family. Now now we're on to Joe feels like he should be the champion because AJ tapped out, which by the way, I'm just going to throw this out there. That's a, that's way more of a ref missed a big thing than Brock Lesnar hitting the ground. Second completely agree. You know what I mean? Roman was bitching about that for months on TV and Joe has kind of mentioned it once, like, yeah, I should be champ, but oh well, I'll just go I'll just go beat him up and take it from him. All right, I'm I'm loving that. Yeah. No, I I I don't know what they're gonna do to get out of it. They haven't really made mention of it again since, but eh, I, I don't think it's a thing anymore. I like getting away from the family stuff. I think it was cool. It ran its course. The the you know, him writing and reading a children's book about AJ Styles and his and his becoming the new dad was fantastic for me that was the culmination of that whole thing <laughs> i can't I, believe he pulled that off i thoroughly enjoyed that i can't believe it, he it could that have off. been an absolute train wreck but of course he pulled it off because he's samoa joe speaking of train wrecks we've got to talk about what happened to rusev day 
so this we we suspected this might be on its way. We suspected this was going to happen before, but then they reconciled and got back together and got a title shot, the tag team title shot. This week, Rusev told Aiden to stay in the back one more time because he screwed up their tag team title shot. I'm going to go out and have my U.S. title match, he says, against Shinsuke Nakamura. You're going to stay back here. And uh, Aiden turns to a producer and just starts going off on Lana and how Lana's the real problem with Rusev Day, and she's dragging everybody down, and she's standing right behind me, isn't she? And he turns around, and sure enough, she's right there giving him the death glare. Can I tell you a secret? All, I, yes, please. He's right. <laughs> You're not saying that in an English mark, are you? Uh, me? No. Uh, he's right. Uh, I think I think it's because before Lana ever got there, this was a lot of fun. And this has now it has turned into all being all about Lana again. Dude. And I just I mm. But here's the thing. If it is if Lana is the problem, that's gonna be another okay, let's let's get through this segment and then we'll come back and talk about that. Yep. So basically, yeah, Lana's like, I'm gonna go tell Rusev. She tries to tell him but Rusev's too He's, I'm too in my head for this match. I have to be ready for this match. Hmm. And he goes like he's going to walk out. And Aiden and Lana have to kind of both follow him, giving each other the eyes the entire time. And he said, you know, he says, Aiden, wouldn't you do the honors? And Aiden's like, yeah, I guess I sure I will. Okay. Runs out there and gives the Rusev Day entrance with all this extra passion and like extra kind of nervousness. And then we have the match with Shinsuke, which was a great match. And the whole time, Aiden's at the ringside trying to overcompensate. And Lana's giving him the eyes. And they're having this nice little dynamic at ringside. And at the end, Aiden jumps up on the, uh, the ring apron and yells, Yeah, Rusev, crush! And Rusev, in the middle of beating down Shinsuke, gets distracted. Shinsuke, Turns around and goes, what, what are you what doing? Are you, what are you doing, dude? Shinsuke gets the roll-up and wins. One, two, three. Afterwards, Aiden loses his mind, beats the crap out of Rusev with the microphone, stands up, and very sadly says, Happy Rusev Day. Sings it a little bit. Throws down the mic and leaves as Lana screams at him. This was, I was shocked at how emotional this was. And I, I really do. You were saying, no, let's get back to what you were saying before about yep. Lana. Yep. If, if it is Lana that is holding them down and they want to go with that angle, they could go with that because of how good of an actress uh, CJ Parker, uh, Lana is in this. And Aiden. Like Rusev is just, he's fun. He's a very good you know, stoic character, and he's playing it almost a little bit campy. Now he's a super athlete, and I'm going to go win the match. <laughs> yes. Or he's being a little campy about it. And I like that. I like that dynamic. But then Aiden and Lana are playing it dead straight, and they're doing it so wonderfully. Some of the best acting on the main roster. Yes. Um, you know what I mean? Yep. As far as quote unquote realistic acting gets. Sure, sure. But it was still, I was very invested. Like the look that Lana gave him when he turned around and she was standing there looking at him, that combination of just hurt and fury was, I thought, I was really taken in by it. And just the dynamic they had during the match and the, and the, the way that, that Aiden looked when he threw down the mic at Rusev and the way that Lana was just shaking behind and screaming at him to get out. I, they got me. I was I was totally invested. I wish I had heard somebody describe The Walking Dead to me like that before, because <laughs> I've never heard it. That, that's pretty uh, pretty impassioned over there, man. That's you, get, you make me want to go watch it again. I felt a lot of the same emotions. Um, I I uh, everything was fine until Lana came back. But I agree with you that that dynamic between the two of them. Hopefully this continues. Hopefully it's not a just kick Aiden to the curb kind of thing, or that Aiden is able to get like evil enough, dastardly enough to be a legit 
appeal to Rusev, right? If he's able, because if there's still just beat the shit out of him with a microphone, but I he's mean, conflicted you know? still, right? Yeah, isn't he? Of course. And I like a little bit of that conflict. You're not going to beat the super athlete with a conflicted heart, no. Aiden. You're or not a microphone or well, with a microphone. You can obviously, yeah. but um, but yeah, this, uh, this has the this has the p- potential to be a really fantastic feud with a lot of layers of complexity. It was kind of symbolic that the Rusev day mic flag broke off of the microphone. Oh, it was completely symbolic. It. Yeah. And it was, that was such a metaphor. Like if they follow through with this, they could use that in a, like a slow motion cut in a video package of it just exploding off of the mic. Anyway, I'm getting beside myself, but we got to keep true. going here. We, we, yeah, let's keep rolling. Yeah. That was I can talk about Rusev day all day. Fantastic segment. Let's see where they go. It was a little bit of a bummer that Shinsuke was a sort of a prop in this whole uh, story, right? You know, he was just kind of there. I mean, he's just the U S champ and he vanished he, again. He teleported out of the ring at the end of right. the match. But, uh, but the bottom line is, okay, we thought this is where they're going to go with Rusev day. They pulled the trigger. They finally pulled the trigger on it. Let's hope this isn't another Sasha Bailey. And that they uh, this is more of a Becky Charlotte. Uh, I don't think it's going to be another Becky Charlotte. Just saying. Okay. Uh, next up, we had a uh, Kofi facing off against Cesaro yeah. in a typical kind of singles match. match, singles tag match. Fine match. They made fun of Cesaro's areolas. That was the takeaway for me. It was. Yeah. It's a build toward. It's another typical tag team build where we had the singles matches. Yep. Uh, going to Super Showdown. So but, it uh, was what C- it was. Cesaro. Cesaro. Cesaro does get the win. Uh, Pretty clean over Kofi Kingston. Yeah, which means that next week the New Day will beat Sheamus yep. and then et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Right, we've seen New Day bar a lot, and I like both teams a lot, but we, we are retreading ground. They need to yeah. find something new. We're just recycling the same shit that we've seen for this the last two saying. years. We've, they've got to find something new with it. Yep. Uh, this is why I don't want to see this happen on SmackDown Live, too, because this is what ran the Raw Tag Division into the ground. No, these guys look way stronger than the Raw Tag Division I know, but these tactics of just recycling and regurgitating the same guys and the same feuds. I mean, to be fair, they're having a bit of a problem because they didn't expect the Bludgeon Brothers, uh, Rowan, to get injured, right? So they thought they had a little bit more. So they're kind of, they're just winging it a little bit, I think. Where's Luke Harper, by the way? Uh, In NXT. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, God. He had that NXT match against Ricochet, remember? Oh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, Oscar had a match against Billy Kay and basically just murdered her. Well, she took a yeah, she took took a typical babyface beat down for the first two thirds of the match, and then just hulked up and Oscar locked one two three done or tap out done. Yeah. Um, but it was I did like the fact that she was still sold as somebody who could kill you on a whim. Uh, at the same time, I don't like the fact she's being teamed with Naomi because it does depower her and make her seem more of a silly cartoon character. And I I'm sorry, but the just diabolical, insane, kill you, Asuka, from NXT is still far more interesting to me yes. than the, I'm kind of a goofy, fun chick. Like, look at me and Naomi. We like we ha- we do the same moves now. We can both pet our jackets and dance backstage together. Oh, Charlotte was twerking with her on Mixed Match Challenge. That was we'll fun. Talk about- Mixed yeah, Match Challenge fun. is the place to have fun. Exactly. That's not the place to do SmackDown. it. Not here. Right. Right. Uh, last but certainly not least, uh, Randy Orton is, seems to be, uh, is he getting into this new character? Uh, what is he up to? I'm sorry. I was laughing through this entire Randy Orton segment because it was it was him in the production truck and the the producer back in the in the truck was trying to put together some footage for him. Uh, and Randy just leans in and is like, "Is my stuff ready yet?" Because you know what happens when you make me upset. And he starts giving him like this shoulder massage that just gets way uncomfortable. 
and like it's right in his ear. And the entire time I'm just thinking like, oh God, he's going to whip his dick out and put it on him. Ew, no. <laughs> just, Randy, no. Or Why? He's, he's going to pull his hand out of the uh, out of yeah. his trunks and just be like, you need, you should. You don't want to shake Randy Orton's should, hand? You should move the knob over there and just, oh, 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 oh I got chill bumps. Oh, touch, no. Touch my knob. No. <laughs> no touch no, Orton's no. knob. No. No Orton knob touching. Uh, who's up next for Orton now that Jeff's uh, out? I don't know, but the whole point of this segment was for Orton to gloat over destroying Jeff. As he as he had this producer pull up all the footage of Jeff and put in the screwdriver in Jeff's ear and Ooh. all the other horrible stuff he did to him in Hell in a Cell. It looked very much like our uh, cover that we used for the Hell in a Cell recap. Yeah, well, I didn't know if you know this, but Randy Orton is actually our intern. And he's the one who's doing the... We're supposed to tell people that. Oh, sorry, sorry. Jesus Christ, man. Sorry. Yeah, he's trying to, He's doing a community service because of uh, some of his backstage antics. <laughs> okay. Uh, Great that we got him. We're paying you know? him in jobbers. Right. But uh, no, so I don't know who's next for him. Paying him in jobbers? Uh, I, <laughs> You know, he loves abusing them. It's yes. just, it's, it's a sickness that he has. Uh, he, he loves making them touch his little viper. But anyway, so, so Randy Orton is, we don't know who he's going for next, but what he was saying in this is he was giving his, his mission statement, if you will, it, which is I'm going to destroy everyone in my path and whoever's next, I'm going to destroy them the same way I destroyed Jeff Hardy. All right, cool. I don't know who they've got that he can destroy. Who's a face on SmackDown. Daniel Bryan. He's still in a thing with the Miz. If he loses to Miz and then you have Orton Daniel Bryan, I could be into that. Yeah. Right? That's a good but, program. I mean, we've seen it before. I'll know? watch it again, especially okay. this Randy Orton. Like, this is this is good. This is the good, slimy, super evil Randy Orton we haven't had in a long time. Yeah. And this is best Randy Orton. Let's not forget because it's the closest to what he actually seems to be like. Uh, of course, it's not. Everyone seems to love him backstage except yeah. for the writers. <clears throat> Yes. Yeah. Or, or you know, there's or also the production rumor, truck crew. There's a rumor Jeff or the, <laughs> there's a rumor Jeff's coming back. By the way, is that okay. that wasn't all for Jeff? So he's not having back surgery or any of that kind of stuff. I don't. That's who knows with Jeff. You know what I mean? We we thought he was out months ago. Yeah. And he went and had a hell in a cell match. Of course he did. A good grief. Oh well. Well, guys, that's it for the main roster of everything that went down this week in the WWE, but we're not done. Uh, we've got to head over and talk about everything else that happened in the wide world of wrestling. Well, starting off, we got to head over to NXT, which was a, a decent show this week with a monster, monster Arguably one of the top matches of the year for WWE. Talking about Riker. Main event. No, I'm not talking about Riker. Oh, he was that just, dude's a monster. He we'll, was we'll terrifying. We'll get to him. Started off with a tag match, a female tag match, women's tag match, Dakota Kai and Deanna Perazzo versus Lacey Evans and Aaliyah. Aaliyah, by the way, every time I see her, I, she immediately has heat with me. I, I just immediately am like, oh, that chick. And then she starts working. I'm like, oh, wow, she has gotten better, hasn't she? Yeah. You know, she, uh, she's I mean, working me. Brother, brother. She's getting there, but uh, she's she's getting there. Lacey Evans obviously still was the oh, yeah. the showcase this match, and Dakota Kai, by the way, yeah. and Diana Prasa. It was a good match. That's what I'm trying to say. Yep. It was a good match. It was well worked. Good storytelling. Uh, Lacey Evans is so invested in her character and is and is so talented. And she did pick up the win here. Uh, Rockets strapped to her, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you know? she ended up uh, doing a trick tag in and uh, sneaked up women's right one two three on Dakota Kai with a left uh, with a busted wing. She had a, a some a left. I think she was selling the left. She arm. was selling the left arm, but yep. the right arm yep. still works. Oh yeah, they built that up throughout the match. But I'm curious where this goes from here. Like if yeah. we have some mini feuds between these women, or if this was just a one off. Yeah. 
the Street Profits had a little, uh, I don't know if it was an interview or just a video package. They were in, they were on a basketball court or somewhere with lightning going off in the background. I thought yeah, that was, was pretty right. cool. Yeah. But they get a lot of storms like The thunderstorms down right. in Florida. Yep. Uh, this was really cool. Uh, apparently, they want their. Are they challenging the mighty officially? They say they want their chains back. They got their their necklaces or their gold chains that they want back from the mighty. I didn't know the mighty had stolen anything from them. Yeah, you remember that uh, the NXT episode where they came in and stole the chains, and that was how they distracted them. They they got beat. Oh, okay. Anyway, I missed that somewhere. Hmm. Anyway, uh, so we're gonna. I guess we're gonna continue the the feud between the Street Profits and the Mighty, which I am not mad at. I enjoy both of those teams. Uh, the the investigation into who done it. Uh, against Al- or who hit Alistair Black continued on this week. This time with Candice LeRae getting interviewed by uh, um, Mr. Regal. Yeah, and had no good alibi for her husband. No. And who she- I did, on record, I did go on record as saying, I believe he's the, Johnny will be revealed as the one who beat up Alistair. Okay. Um, and she tried to point all the fingers towards Tommaso Ciampa, obviously. As, as you course. would. As you right. would. Um, In any Agatha Christie novel. Yeah. <laughs> Never the one, it's always the one you least expect. So, well, you said it's always the first one you see, leaving well, leaving the scene. Isn't sure. that what you said? Well, which would mean it was, it was William Regal. No, 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 no. It was, it was when he was coming out the door. I know. I'm yeah, just yeah. saying, like, William Regal would be the least likely. What if William Regal actually did it? Oh, my God. I haven't even considered that. Am I blowing that. your mind? A boom. Am I blowing your mind? Oh, my no, God. No, it's, it's, it's absolutely, uh, I'm still convinced it's Johnny Gargano. Is uh, his highness getting back in the ring? <laughs> he did. He did have oh, the brass knucks on he, the on the desk did. there. I mean, if you oh. want to take out a guy real quick, all you need is a set of brass knucks. I'm just saying. Uh, as you were saying, Jackson Riker of the Forgotten Sons uh, faction had his first official match on NXT this week, uh, facing off against Humberto Carrillo, who was a guy I'd never seen before. Uh, good-looking kid, 22 years old, I guess. Got a nice presence. Yep. Uh, dimples deeper than the Mariana Trench. <laughs> and uh, but you know, it looked like he had some. He didn't really get a whole lot of offense in. He had a a hope spot at the one point where it looked like he was going to do a, a, a crossbody off the top and Jackson just shoved him to the ground in the mid midair. Jackson's a monster. He was in TNA before. Yeah, he, I slept on this guy, to be honest with you. Oof. This is my first real exposure to Riker. And I got to tell you guys, I'm getting full package vibes off of this guy from the entrance to the music to his uh, the in, little bit of in-ring ability I've seen of him. I've not seen a lot of this guy's work in, in TNA. So I'm... Holy smokes, that it's, dude's got the look. It's funny because he still has a little bit of that TNA look to him, but he's he's scragglied himself up a little bit, and he's got the crazy look in his eyes now. He looks like just, uh, yeah, he's, he's done some good work on himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, he looks like uh, if they injected a member of Sanity with some serious <laughs> roids and, and like a, a growth serum. Yes. You know? <laughs> oh, God. So, but no, it was a very impressive match, and, and I'm sorry, his eyes are terrifying. Yeah, they are. Yeah. The beard's mildly terrifying. Yeah, the whole as thing. Well. No, he, I, he needs a trim. He was, as we were saying when we were watching the Forgotten Sons match a week or two ago, whatever yeah. it was. Well, who's that guy? He's got that breakaway He's star, got star factor. Yep. Yes, he does. Uh, next, let's up. talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Uh, so I actually looked at the time on this episode of NXT mm-hmm. I, I, as I normally do. I wanted to see how much time they were going to give them, and it was twenty-seven minutes. Yeah, they gave them nice a full time. thirty minutes yeah. uh, for this match. And I got really excited because I was like, oh, great. Yeah. This main event, it was Ricochet versus Pete Dunne, the North American champion versus the UK champion. Uh, obviously, Ricochet just winning the uh, North American championship recently at the last takeover. And Pete Dunne has been UK champ for over like a year and a half. It's like 440 days or something Forever. like that. Yeah. He's been the UK champ. And uh, this is the first time we've ever had a champion versus champion match. And as we were saying for the last couple of weeks, we didn't think there was any way that they could have this match and have one of them conclusively win. 
how you can't have Ricochet be the UK champ when they're about to start a UK division. Right. You can't have Pete Dunne be the North American champ when they've just done so much to build up this belt. And there's so many other people who could have it. Why put it on Pete Dunne, who's already got a championship? It made no sense. I did catch one thing in the commentary this week that I thought was really funny and ironic in a weird way. It was Morrow saying that he's Canadian. Now, there was an argument going back and forth we, amongst we, the commentary yes. uh, where they were saying, well, I want so-and-so to win because of X, Y, Z. How would you and I want feel if the UK champ was representing North America? Is I don't care. I'm Canadian. Yeah. I'm like, but that's North wait, America. But hey, <laughs> I... My head exploded. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was that was funny. Yeah, but uh, that okay. So, but this match was anything but. It was absolutely lights out. Like we thought it was going to be a good match. Oh man, it started off with some like just ten minutes of absolutely amazing mat wrestling. Uh, mostly Pete Dunne working, but Ricochet also doing some fantastic countering out a lot of his stuff. Yeah, yeah, he. I mean, he definitely did his own work in there too. But this is this is Pete Dunne's wheelhouse. This kind of stuff, and Ricochet's a great guy to work on. And actually, did some really good selling here, which Ricochet doesn't get enough credit for. He gets actually, you know, kind of talked down to a lot about his selling. He sold fantastically no, through his entire match. He can do no wrong in my eyes. Um, but he, well, as you say, as wearing a King Ricochet shirt over there. Uh, so this, this started off really nice and slow on the mat, and then it just slowly, perfectly built up into just an absolute barn burner. False finishes, huge moves, huge reversals, just great psychology. It, yeah. was, it felt like a true champion versus champion match it's like a gladiators two gladiators in the in the arena just two guys at the top of their game two championship to yeah. way, right yeah. right and it was it, where they're they're both just such badass dudes neither of them is going to lie down easily for the other guy you're going to have to actually kill the other guy and if they i to think keep they, down. They, they could have continued this and i hope it's not the last time we see these two in the ring together because this reminded me of some of like the 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 once Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in NXT kind of developed and you were getting the apron power bombs and the stuff out on the commentary table and all it reminded me that this kind of this could get to that level of viciousness in a way that where they could be doing these because we saw uh, uh, Pete Dunne doing X plexes out on the apron we saw a lot we didn't really get us we didn't get a 640 out of ricochet because of what ultimately That's a finisher. happened yeah sure we did a 450 into a couple of knees though oh but he did oh, no, the, he missed it entirely I believe actually he yeah Pete rolled out of the way of the yep, 450 yep, but he but he did do the uh, the standing uh, shooting star press which yeah, was the standing just beautiful. I mean he, he pulled out a lot of his tricks and and we've seen Pete Dunne do a lot of the things he did in this match before but some of them were counters and some of them were done in, in, in the perfect place yep. in the match. And it was both of them working each other's style a little bit and then working their own style into it and making each other look like absolute gold. You know what I mean? This was this was absolutely a match where both guys came out looking even better than they did going in, yep. which is, of course, what you want. When you're in a developmental, which I can't, I have a hard time calling NXT developmental anymore. Yeah, it's where not. guys are are already there who are on this level, right? The only thing keeping this match from being perfect, the one thing is the thing that we knew had to happen, and yep. that was there could not be a definitive finish, right? And it was we, more of a question of who was going to interrupt, who it. and how. How are we going to get Alistair coming out and kind of? That was my thought unleashing hell on the entire right. locker room for somebody ambushing him. Sure. That's kind of what I thought. Maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what, that's what I'd postulated was that we're going to get out of this by ricochet or sorry, by, by Alistair coming out annihilating these guys. And then we're going to start on the whole Alistair's killing the locker room angle. Nope. It was just undisputed era coming out for almost no reason 
Well, I mean, yes, Adam they had some, Cole and Ricochet have history, and you know? so and 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 uh, so does uh, Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong. Sure, fine, but it was still. And then Ro- War Raiders chased off Undisputed Era, and then both guy, both Ricochet and Pete Dunne grabbed their titles and kind of stared at each other, and that was it. That was the show, and it was a. I mean, man, we knew it had to happen, but it was still such a. It just sucked out all the energy of the match so quick. And it was so disappointing, even though we knew it had to happen. And they had booked themselves into, I mean, how else could they have gotten out of this match other than one of these messy finishes? No, they couldn't have. They couldn't. They booked themselves into a corner, which is too bad because they had all these stakes for this match that made the match more exciting. But the problem is the stakes also caused the match to have this horrible finish. And the only other way that I've been able to think of that they could have pulled this off is if they somehow introduced time limits which virtually every other wrestling organization does. Yeah. Because if this goes to a draw, that's a, that's a good finish, right? The well, I mean, 30 minute, a 30-minute time limit draw on this match and both guys, all, like, you know, like the end of... There's other options. I mean, you, can have, you, like could, you could have had Pete Dunne win the North American Championship and then have Adam Cole come back up and challenge it to get it back. There, there's, there's ways I out meant of this. on the show for this match. Oh, I mean, I think they could have had a clean finish on this. I, I think there's a small part of me that goes, they could have done it and then just booked around it. How do you it? put one of these guys over the other one, though? Uh, that's a good you know, point. It's, that's a really good it's point. rough. It's I mean, really rough. I, I think Ricochet could not have eaten the loss. Pete Dunne probably could have. I, I don't just, think he could have after the legacy he's built, and then he's going to give that to somebody in the UK division. Yeah, but then Kirk Gibson comes up and, and gets it back from Ricochet, you know, yeah, and they takes I, it back. So there's ways to get out of that stuff. I didn't want either of these guys to win going in. I, I agree with you completely. I don't want either one of these guys to lose. Well, well fine. They they just that's more of a more salient point. But yeah. it's it's how do we get out of that? I think they really booked themselves into a kind of a corner there and. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen it be somebody like an Aleister Black, like a Lars Sullivan, like something else that that has a reason for being out there. Just undisputed era coming out, and just being dicks it for felt, the sake of it, being dicks was there was history, it def- but it, it felt random. Right? It. Yeah. yeah, it felt random. Yeah, it did. Even though it had the most relevant history, I was like legitimately going. I, I just went, oh man, <laughs> God we damn knew it. it! I know we knew it had to Son happen. Son of a bitch! And it happened right when it should have happened. It was <laughs> yeah. so just. It was such a good match. Anyway, we we <laughs> we. <laughs> It felt it was so good. We had to just sit on and talk about it for this long. It was fantastic. Uh, NXT next week. Lars Sullivan is returning. We don't yes. know in what capacity. It's going to be a big week for Nick for next you week. and your boy Otis Dozovich is getting a title shot against uh, Tommaso Ciampa. So Stakes and weights. Big big one for you next week. And Lars and Lars, Lars and Otis. Yeah. Oh man. All I know is coming away from NXT this week. The one thing I did learn was never let your hand within five feet of Pete Dunne. He just is obsessed with hands. He likes fingers. He likes playing with your fingers. All right, moving on. on. We've got to talk about 205 Live uh, this week. Now, so the big news is part of the big news, kind of the big news. Uh, 205 Live has now been moved to Wednesdays. Yeah, so it's no longer 205. It's 205 sort of live. It's, so to me, that doesn't matter. But they're, they're taping it before SmackDown Live to try to get a more hyped-up audience. But It worked. I, it, yes, it did. But I thought they were going to merge it into NXT. It doesn't appear that that's going to be the case. Not yet, but then again, we don't know if this is the end of the changes that they're going to make. Like, is the 205 brand going to go away completely, and they're just going to have a cruiserweight division within NXT? Or are they just going to... That's kind of what I took away from what Triple H had to say. Yeah, or are they going to... Is it a slow transition, and there's more changes going to happen, or are they going to put it here and see how it works, and then if it doesn't work after a few months, do something else? Yeah. You know what I mean? Run some things at the flagpole and see who salutes. Frankly, 
The big problem here was they didn't tell the audience, hey, 205 Lives before the show, get here early, and it, the crowd was filtering in as it was going on. Oh, I no. think if you promoted, hey, we're doing 205 Live before the show, you'd get more people in there, and everyone's got all the energy, and you could tell from this crowd, especially in the main event, that they were able to get the crowd into the show. The main event of the show was the was one of the more hyped I've seen a 205 Live crowd, so something about it's definitely working. Okay. You know, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I think it was a good idea so far. Uh, on this show, we did have TJP versus Lince Dorado. T- TJP does the ultimate heel move and pulls off Lince Dorado's mask for a schoolboy roll-up. One, dick. two, three. Total dick move. That being said, Lince did get a nice big slap on him before that. I mean, I don't know if you saw his uh, chest, but Lince, <laughs> uh, TJP, had a, he looked like the Cruiserweight Classic again. He just had a huge bruise up high on his peck Ugh. those uh the, those lucha guys love just laying into him but they i love think chops. i think this is heading into tjp tony niece and buddy murphy versus uh, lucha house party they needed a third guy for the for the heels i think that's where they're going with this gotcha. uh we had a backstage bit where uh, leo rush was saying he couldn't compete this week because he's too busy on monday night raw drew uh sorry drake maverick told him that uh well that's tough i'm able to do my stuff on monday if i can do it you can do it so Sorry, yeah, next week uh, you're going to have a match. And uh, let's see, we also had Hideo Itami and Mustafa Ali heading to another match next week. Now that Ali is cleared, last time, as you might recall, Hideo Itami put him in the hospital. Yes. Whether in kayfabe or not, I still, we still don't know what happened We still there. don't know what was wrong. It was just him sitting on a hospital bed. Yeah, it was, we never said what exactly happened. The main event, Drew Gulak finally getting his title shot again against Cedric Alexander. This was another fantastic match. It was the one that I think we've we've either saw coming or have wanted ever since kind of Cedric got the belt. I mean, we got past the Mustafa Ali matches and all that stuff. This is the one we thought, and it makes sense not to do it here, but allow the feud to continue. Uh, but I think eventually that belt goes on Drew Gulak, inevitably. It's just a matter of when, not You don't if. think that Buddy Murphy takes it in Australia? No. No, I don't. I do not... Uh, event, I, I, just, I think it's Gulak has earned it, and I, I think he's more of a character than Buddy Murphy, and I think that's what they really need after kind of the the you know bland jar of mayonnaise that is Cedric Alexander. We now need a little bit of spice wow. and somebody that's just kind of. Did you just call your boy Cedric a, a just public? kind of just bleh. wow? Yeah, You've he, turned on Cedric. I, he's a great in ring performer. Wow, he has the personality of a jar of mayonnaise. Did you? I'm, I'm just he being tries, honest, man. I'm just being honest. And he's the soul of 205 Live, though, Nick. He's got lots of soul. He's about as much soul as did Mustafa you see Ali is the some heart. of the, the moves that got that happened in this match? I did. Oh my god! It was it was a fantastic yeah. match, and I take nothing away from Cedric as an in ring performer. We've said this many many times about title holders, regardless of what roster or promotion they were on, that have zero personality, I did, and it just it, does not translate. But is this is this another case of Roderick Strong where? If Cedric went heel, he'd find he like he can have personality. They just they just can't book baby faces. Maybe, maybe. you know. I just I can't imagine sweet old little smiley Cedric. He's got he's had a little a bit of an edge a couple of times. Okay, I, I think they kept him face while Rich Swan was still around. But it'd be interesting to see if they flipped him. No, he's more like yellow mustard to me. We're like you know he's he's got a little bit of little bit of spice to him. He's he's really good on hot dogs. 
I don't even know what that means. I don't even, wow! All I don't right. even know what that means. Let's get out of here before we get into uh, phallic references. Even That's all more. you, buddy. Yeah. All right, May Young Classic, the May Young Classic, moving away as far away from the phallic stuff as possible. This was the best uh, episode of the May Young Classic so far. Wow! Loved every single one of these matches. Wow! Yep. I would still say the first episode was better, but this was a damn good episode. No, that we listen. We could argue about that all day. We had the return of Caitlyn. We had the return of Kavita Devi. Uh, the the very large who for being as green as she is is fantastic. Yes, she is, and she held her own against Caitlyn there. Her facial expressions, I I love them. She yep. she genuinely makes me feel like the match is real to her, even though her moves seem like she's they're rehearsed. Her face always feels real. If yep. that makes sense. Well, she's also got the size and the build to make them look like they're hurting bombs. Dude. That that kind of just it, it doesn't. They might not look like Cinder or a ballerina doing graceful stuff, but by God, they look like they hurt. And Caitlin, I mean, I forgot how jacked that girl oh, yeah. is. Well, like she, she looks was, fantastic. She looks more jacked than she was before, but yet still has her look is fantastic. You know what I mean? Like, and and her versus Kavita Devi was just like a couple of bulls, like a couple of female, like just going at it. It was a really fun match. It did not. It wasn't like the technical masterpiece you've gotten out of some of these, but the, right. there should be a buffet. You should have a couple of different styles throughout these matches. And this felt more like a hard hitting couple of powerful girls going at it and locking horns. And it's what you got. And it, and I was very entertained by this match. Yep. And I thought both girls did a fantastic job. Caitlin does go over Kavita Devi on her return. So she moves on to the second round of the she main does, classic. Where she's facing someone who we'll get to in a second. Yes. Uh, in the next match, your girl, Tony Storm, shows back up and has a match against Ginny uh, from the UK from Progress. Uh, uh, these girls have a history, so I think there's an essence of it, it looking like they're just going through the motions. Because they have spent so much time working together, you would think it'd be the opposite. Um, because... I, that they would amp it up even more because they have spent so much time together. But I think when you get so much repetition in, it just becomes mechanical. So there was like the whole first yeah. two thirds of this match was really just, I, I put in the notes here. It looked like Tony was kind of phoning it in. Yeah. We've seen her extra, like last year, the Piper Niven match was one that stood out with Tony storm for yes. me. Uh, that was a, just a killer match. I just don't think in the first round it's a, it might her, be, a, she might be saving it. Yeah. Her versus Shayna Baszler in the UK tournament oh. was just, money oh this definitely it felt like she was holding back oh yeah it felt like she was holding back and it was kind of too bad she didn't really whip out any big moves till the end until she snapped german suplexed jenny <laughs> folded her in half yeah and just absolutely murdered her and then it was then she did the running butt thing that the usos do i can't remember what she calls it but it, it's a matter of just after that it was all over yeah so. I, I i'm i think there, there's more we'll see out of her i'm oh, not yeah. gonna judge her tournament based on this oh, but it yeah, is no. Too bad because I think that everybody else is going all out for all these matches, and I I don't know why. I don't know. I, it could just be our perception, as we've seen some Tony Storm matches, and this didn't. This was not her greatest match. It's it's, it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, we know, you know? we know the level at which she can compete. Yeah. This was not it, but still not a bad match by any stretch. Also, a match that I was surprised how much I liked was uh, Zia Lee oh. versus Karen Q. This now, was so much fun. It really was. This for me was. It was really not a good technical match. No, it really wasn't. Uh, you could see how green ZLE was. Karen Q does have a little bit more in ring experience, um, and I, I remember her from TNA being pretty good. Um, but this was more. I thought about the storytelling and the character work. Yeah, you know the whole introduction of them putting up hands like in a karate stance or something like that. Even before and that, everybody even, went, even cheered. before they they got into that, yeah, like exactly, like it was going to be a kung fu match, and they yeah. both got into their stances. 
before they attach it. And the audience was like, what, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking this back to ZLE. Like Karen Q comes out. She gets some respectful applause. People cheering for her. Okay. They recognize her. Right, right? Right, right, right. ZLE has had this. I think this may have been her second match ever. Right. She had one match last year at the May Young Classic. And then she's been training for a year. Now she's back this year. So they didn't. She got nothing. She came out to silence. And then she was on the top of the ramp and did a whole like kata move set. I don't even know what you would call it. Right. She had a little little showcase of her 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 uh, ninja skills. Well, sure, right. <laughs> her her martial arts uh, skill, like a mar- mar- little martial arts show off, right? Yeah. And the audience was like, "Whoa!" And then she started playing to the audience and like clapping along with her music and going, "Yeah, come on!" Gets in the ring, does another little show off, and the audience was immediately like, "Okay, wow, that was cool. That was really cool." So by the time they got to that kung fu, uh, you know, getting in their poses opposite each other in the ring, the audience was built up. And now they're like, whoa, wow, this is going to be cool. Is it? Is this right. an MMA match? What am I? What did I sign up for? Is uh, it a Muay Thai boxing match? Uh, right, right. <laughs> well, and it what they had a cut. You know, so the two of them then had a couple of engagements, which then broke off. They you know they fought, fought each other, and then Karen Q went to the heel tactics, and she started doing the whole like bowing disrespectfully to to Ziali when Ziali was down, and now we have the heel and the face dynamic, and the way that it was introduced, and the audience says, oh, okay, now we know who to root for and who to root against. Yep. And then and then Karen Q worked heel for most of the match until Ziali had a comeback, hit a beautiful like I don't even know what you would call it, like a cartwheel guillotine kick. Yeah, something like that. Uh, a windmill kick, I guess, onto the back of Karen Q for the one two three for the win. And this was a match that I, I thought outperformed the actual technical moves that were pulled off in it. Oh, sure. It outperformed my expectations of it. So I was familiar with Karen Q. I had no idea who Xylee was. Mm-hmm. And it was a matter of like, okay, well, this is another one of those first round introductions of these uh, women as characters. Which is which is exactly what it was. Yeah, and, and you know it was serviceable. I, I I mostly enjoyed it. I was mostly looking forward to the next match. So if I'm <laughs> well, being let's completely talk about honest, that then. Uh, AK Allison K facing off against Mia Yim. Allison K is actively terrifying to me. She is, uh, and I've been a fan and followed Mia Yim for several years now, and and have been. In, I'm very. She also just signed with uh, NXT. I've heard yeah. earlier this Offici- week. I believe she's officially signed. Officially signed. Now she was dealing. She was wearing a boot, had a foot injury or something like that for a long time. But all that's done. This match, I was worried in the, initially because this match started off a little yeah. slow. And I was surprised it was the main event, and then it showed us why it was the main event. Oh, yeah. And then about third of the way through the match, it started just picking up speed, picking mm-hmm. up speed, and those girls, man, I am right, excited about those two. Right around the time that they were outside and Mia Yim went for a slap on Allison Kay as she was leaned up against the the, uh, the turnbuckle, yep. and Mia, Lim, Mia Yim slapped the hell out of the turnbuckle and you know sold like Oh, she, it was the ring post. The ring post, excuse me. Yeah, Thank yeah. You. And it uh, went clang. Yeah, beautiful, oh. great sound. And that's when everything really kind of turned in the match and everything got turned up quite a bit and everyone got more engaged in it because it was like, oh, wow. Okay. It woke you up. Shit. It woke you up. <laughs> yeah. It really did. And it was uh, Michael Cole, not Morrow. Sorry. Uh, I wish it was Morrow. But yeah, uh, sure. Michael Cole's doing a serviceable job. I'll He's give fine. him that. But that being said, yeah, this was, this was I thought, uh, one of the strongest matches of the first round so far and largely because it may be because they've worked together for seven years. It yeah. may be because Mia Yim's got a chip on her shoulder and something to prove. Uh, she ended the match with a second rope. She calls it soul food. I know it more as eat defeat, uh, but it was a great, great looking finishing move. Looked devastating. Allison sold it like a champ. And uh, there you go. Mia Yim moves on and will face Caitlin in the next round. That's a match. 
I'm already looking forward to. Keep your eyes on that one because mm. I think that's going to have some mm. ramifications uh, going in later into the tournament. So oh, yes. Depending on who wins that match. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, that's it for the May Young Classic. Ian, we got to talk real quick about uh, the Mixed Match Challenge that fired back up this week. Yeah, Mixed Match Challenge is back. The big news is that Alexa Bliss is out. Yeah. So uh, this is a bit of a breaking news here. Alexa Bliss actually is having numbness in one of her hands. Not good. Uh, that's nerve damage. That is very bad. And something that if you keep an eye out, she will probably, I don't know if she's out, out of everything. She's still doing getting checkups. Uh, but they're they're calling it because of the armbar that Ronda Rousey put her in. That's the kayfabe reason. But uh, if it's all she, those Samoan shitty Samoan drops she took from Nia Jax. Oh, stop it! <laughs> you know I had to throw it in. Or there. it could just be that Alexa doesn't like to take take bumps, so she keeps taking them wrong. Anyway, fair. Uh, so if we, if you start seeing her ha- have less action, that may be why. Uh, hopefully, her evolution match isn't in jeopardy. We will see. But. Uh, she is now out of the mixed match challenge and Ember Moon has been put in with Braun Strowman in her place. Hello. Which I think, first of all, is a great opportunity for Ember Moon and it, it, that's, a, that's a great substitution. That's I'm, a great I, substitution. I, I'm all in on Ember. I, it's, I, I mean, look at this. We're, we're the, the match, this match ended with Ember Moon doing an eclipse off of Braun Strowman's shoulders. Now, Alexa did her twisted bliss off of his shoulders before. I don't know. An eclipse looks way more terrifying. Yeah, it's basically a stone cold stunner. It's a cutter. <laughs> from seven feet in the air. From seven feet in the air. Yes, <laughs> I'll take it. Ten feet in the air. My oh, God! It was. It was. It was. It was stunning. I, uh, I've I will been say. saying all year. I think Ember's next. I think she's going to be the next one. She is sitting there waiting for someone to fall off the map so she can take their place. That's all it is. The, and if Alexa does, I think she's packed. a perfect one. The top is too packed, and someone else will get put. Uh, she needs. She's just sitting there waiting for that moment to happen, and then you know, boom, she's, she's gone. She's going up. But, yep, but I'm, a, I'm a fan. I, I think this is a great pairing. Uh, I love putting. I do it doing the little big again. She is kind of. Uh, she's short, little too yeah uh but she's she's a little more built than alexa is she is as they say uh as the kids say these days thick, k- k- she's th- th- k- k- okay uh but I, i'm gonna miss team what, little was, big was she lighter in nxt over there Meltzer? uh not that i'm aware of <laughs> <laughs> all right the other one we had was aj styles and charlotte uh facing off against jimmy uso and naomi uh this time we're getting aj styles and charlotte instead of bobby Roode and charlotte uh, For obvious reasons, because <laughs> Bobby Roode, where did you go? Yeah, where'd you uh, go, Bobby? So, yeah, I like AJ from Grace. I like AJ Charlotte. Uh, AJ's attempt at doing the she, she's doing the kind of the same shtick where like only Charlotte can do the woo, and ever whoever whatever guy she's with cannot woo. Yeah, that's like their shtick as well. It's funny. It is funny. It, it's it, not it, as it's, funny as Kevin Owens and Natalia. They're they're really funny together. <laughs> okay. Team pause, and he's just so annoyed by it. Yes, uh, as, as he should be, rightfully so. Uh, did we mention who ended up winning? We didn't mention who won the uh, Braun Strowman Ember Moon match. Oh, Ember Moon won it with the Eclipse. That's and right. And then okay. uh, AJ and Charlotte defeated Jimmy Correct. Uso and Naomi. Uh, let us move over and talk about New Japan because we had two big shows to talk about there. And we still got to get to PWG Bola listener questions and yeah, we go. news and <laughs> notes. Let's rock this because New Japan did indeed rock this week. Honestly, if you have only so much time in your day then I understand there's really only one match you have to go watch from these shows. They were both, it was destruction in Hiroshima and destruction in Beppu. Uh, well, we've been looking forward to this match you're talking about since the G1. Yeah, I'm going to build up to it. Actually. Yeah, okay. build, it's going to be my, it's going to be my highlight one because gotcha. destruction in Beppu came second. 
but I'm going to talk about that first because it was the more underwhelming of the two shows. You had Taichi versus Hiroki Goto for the never open weight belt. And I, I, I swear to God, Taichi is the biggest wrestling troll out there. He's like he's like the Miz <laughs> okay. of New Japan, where you hate him because he's just there to mess with your expectations. Uh, and and what was basically just a screw job match, Taichi ends up beating Goto for the never open weight championship belt. Now Taichi's going to be even more insufferable than he already is, which is really entertaining to me, actually. Uh, in the main match of Beppu, we had Tetsuya Naito versus Minoru Suzuki, which I was really looking forward to. But honestly, it was a little underwhelming. It was, mm, I, I, that's not good. I always, it was great. Don't get me wrong. I was entertained. I love watching Minoru Suzuki beat people up. And most of this match was Minoru Suzuki beating the absolute crap out of Naito and putting him to sleep and, and knocking him around with chairs. And yeah, but why, Naito why had, is that not fun? I, was, I would enjoy the shit out of it. It was very fun. And then Naito did a huge uh, stomp onto a table outside. And another, he did a, um, uh, a power-bombed Minoru through a table as well. Like It was a couple of big, big moves. So why are you down on this match? It sounds amazing. Because it was a half an hour long, and it Holy was Naito shit. getting two or three like hope spots, and then Minoru dominating him. And at the end of the match, it was... Destino, one, two, three, lol, Naito wins. Oh, no. Yeah, it's way, oh, I'm, no. I'm not even kidding. It felt it felt like a 2011 John Cena match. <laughs> <laughs> Minoru. <laughs> it right. was it was Naito getting murdered for most of this match. Uh, Suzuki destroying his legs in several different submission moves for 15 minutes at a time. Oh, God. Okay. And then Naito being like. He sold the legs after he gave his post-match promo, but it was still he could have sold more in the match, and yeah, it was it was kind of it was kind of one-sided, and then a, sh- a shock win. But here's the here's the one to go check out: Destruction in yes. Hiroshima. Pretty good show overall. Lots of good undercard matches, which I don't have the time to get into. The main event: Kenny Omega versus Tomohiro Ishii. Now this was Ishii's. A championship match that he earned by beating Kenny Omega in the G1, correct? That is correct. Okay. Yes, and he challenged him at the G1 special at the end of the whole uh, G1. Damn, it was a good match. It was basically Kenny knowing that he's better than Ishii, but Ishii just being so damn tough that Kenny got frustrated that he could not put Ishii down. And Kenny starting to lose his cool because he just could not make Ishii go down. It's fighting a brick wall. It's fighting Anytime you get in the ring wall. <laughs> with Tomohiro Ishii. And, and also, Ishii busted out some insane moves himself. If, if you've never seen Ishii do a Frankensteiner, which I've never seen him do. I've never seen he that. He did a goddamn Frankensteiner. Holy smokes. It was it, There was some absolutely insane <laughs> moves in this match. Oh, my God. Well, so what do we have to look forward to now? Is there, are all of the destructions done? Or is there we have any We've more coming up? We've got one more. I thought there was one more. We've got yeah. one more destruction, and it's Tanahashi versus Okada for the briefcase for the main event at Wrestle Kingdom. Now, if you've been following uh, New Japan's Twitter stuff, Okada, excuse me, Tanahashi and Kenny Omega have been going in hard at each other on Twitter, okay. which is not a lot of people have been freaked out by it because it, they're going in real hard. Like they're insulting each other's match styles and Omega is insulting Tanahashi's hair, which if you've seen Tanahashi, you don't do that to Tanahashi. You don't talk about the man's hair. <laughs> Touch my hair. Don't talk about his hair. Yeah. Um, no, like Omega. I mean, it's not that he looks like Sonic the Hedgehog or anything, but I mean, he looks like an, a living anime character. Yes. I don't know. And his, and his hair still looks that way at the, end of, at the end of a match, a 40 minute match. His hair is still perfect. I don't, <laughs> it's ungodly, but, uh, 
No, Kenny's calling him old. Uh, Tanahashi is saying that Kenny is just like a, a he. His matches are crap, and he doesn't know how to work a match like sure. properly. Like he's insulting, like kind of breaking kayfabe a little bit, insulting him. It's getting rough. So anyway, uh, I think that I think Okada's losing here to Tanahashi. I really do. I think they're building up towards Tanahashi Omega, and they're trying to give it enough enough pepper and spice that uh, it'll it'll actually become something. Hmm. So, so we're not are we we're ultimately still going to get Tanahashi and Omega for the championship at Wrestle Kingdom, right? Unless Tanahashi loses the briefcase to Okada. Oh, and and in that case then Kenny would have to lose the belt to face Tanahashi in some way. I, I thought him winning the G1 guaranteed that match. No, it's kind of like the like we were talking about earlier this year with Money in the Bank, right? Okay. Uh is that if you have the briefcase, you can lose it in a match. It, hmm. it can it can be the stakes for a match. Okay. You know, fair enough. Learn yeah. something new every day. There you go. All right. So last but certainly not least, what are some other things that uh, that we need to know about with New Japan? Anything else going That's on? That's it for right now. I, th- I think let's head on over and talk about PWG, yes. Pro Wrestling Guerrilla's Battle of Los Angeles, which happened this weekend. It's being called one of the best ones that ever happened. Apparently oh, a no. ton. Of, I know. ton of talent. I was there. Uh, we, we, we were not. We could have gone, but uh, between all the things that were going on. We did not make it, sadly. However, I was, I was in the Caribbean. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, the final three this year, however, were Shingo Takage. You may know him from Dragon Gate. Bandito, who is an up-and-comer, who is absolutely... You saw All In. He was in the main event of yep. All In. And uh, our boy, Jeff Cobb, the nicest smelling man in professional wrestling. <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I'm happy to say our boy, Jeff Cobb, is your 2018 Battle of Los Angeles winner. Boom! Very nice. His uh, he joins an elite club, including people like Kenny Omega, Sami Zayn, your boy Ricochet is a two-time winner. Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Zack Saber Jr., Marty Skrull, Joey Ryan, all former Bola winners. So Jeff Cobb in a very elite group there. Lots of big things. I see heading his way now that he's in Ring of Honor. Apparently, William Regal was there at the show. He was uh, apparently mostly there to scout Brody King, from what I'm hearing reported. Uh, who I think would be a big pickup for NXT. He is ripe to go I get trained. I thought he was already kind of, it was rumored that he had signed or he was being considered. He's still being scouted. Okay. Apparently they were looking at him this year uh, or this at this at this event as well. But apparently Jeff and Regal had a little tete-a-tete backstage as well. And actually, I, I loved this. Uh, Cobb was interviewed about it and said that he and Regal actually locked up. Like Regal wanted to talk to him about something he could he could do better. And they actually locked up backstage so Regal could show him how to do it. And he said that was a real big honor. So... Kind of a cool little little I'm kind of tingling little right anecdote. Now. <laughs> I'm, he's getting back in the ring. Regal's got one more match. He, just, he can't help it. Oh God, he wants it so bad. Put, it's the hardest put thing, the trunks right? On and get back in the ring. It's, Come on. I, it doesn't seem. It seems like it's one of those addictive drugs you can never quite get uh, over. I can never get enough of William Regal. Just I just too. please just keep doing everything you're doing. It's fantastic. All right. So moving on to listener questions. Yes. Thank you guys for 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 giving us these. By the way, if you do want to submit. Uh, listener questions for the show please head over and join us on patreon it's the cost of a cup of coffee a month yeah and uh you get, you get to participate to- in all four shows and more you and get a more. copy of the show notes every week to go along with yeah. it for five bucks a month and it's less and than the cost of that cup of coffee you get our eternal gratitude as yes. well so the listener questions for this week uh rule had a one for us he says this is this is actually these this, are both really good they're both really good I questions preface this wwe has wasted zach Ryder. they are in his opinion, wasting Rusev Day, and he thinks they will waste Becky Lynch. Why does WWE give so much resistance to wrestlers who get over organically by themselves 
And would these types of wrestlers do better on the indies, especially with all the possibilities in today's wrestling boom? Nick, uh, go for it, buddy. You take this one first. Uh, there, I don't pal. know if Zack Ryder's so much of a waste. He's wait. What? Yeah, yeah. What would you call it? I mean, it's the Broski. You know? Do you remember how over he was with his YouTube channel? Of course. And they buried him huh. ostensibly at the at the behest I'm of John Cena. I'm not going to sit here and compare Zack Ryder to Becky Lynch. You know, it's I, honestly, I don't think they're. I don't think they can screw up Becky Lynch unless they just oh, stop. Whoa. Unless they just <laughs> unless they just stop booking her altogether. Becky Lynch is always going to be a fan favorite. Period. Hard stop. Uh, dude, Zach, you could have said that about Zack Ryder and look what they did to him. Fine. You can bury anybody. Yeah. Uh, you can bury. They could absolutely ruin. They could ruin Becky Lynch in, in, in a week. They could. Sorry. They could. So, okay. We'll weigh in. That's my. I don't think you can. I don't. I said what I had to say. Well, here's the thing. Why do you know? Why do you think WWE gives so much resistance to them? I have no idea. You don't. I, I really don't. And I hope they listen because we constantly go on and on about this kind of shit. We've talked about it endlessly with Rusev Day. We've talked about it a lot with Becky and Road Dog and him getting on Twitter and doing all of that stuff. We've talked about it endlessly with Roman Reigns, which is the kind of the opposite mm-hmm. of what he's talking about here, but it's the same contextually. I, I don't know. Whether you're getting over, or you're getting heat organically. Why is there so much resistance from the WWE? I think it's because there's one 75 year old man. It's his way, damn it. You know, it's it's what he wants. It's actually a little bit the more fans be damned. It's more nuanced than that. Actually, okay. uh, from from what I understand, it has more to do with the amount of times that Vince McMahon has been burned by wrestlers becoming bigger than the brand. Whether it's Hulk Hogan. Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior, people who have screwed him over and taken money off of his plate to give it to somebody else because their personal image is bigger than WWE and it's not created by WWE. WWE didn't have any creative control over it. So if Zack Ryder comes along, builds his own image on his own separate platform and then comes along and says, hey, look at all these fans I've gotten, WWE either Vince McMahon or as a corporation looks at that and says, well, we didn't give those to you. How did you get those? And that scares them, right? Because then this person at any point could go to the Indies as rule says here. Why, why don't they just go to the Indies? You know what? Cause uh, for, it's hard. And the paychecking some, ain't as big as WWE. You got to bust your ass to do it. Yeah, not everyone's going to be Cody Rhodes and not every, you know, not everyone's gonna be able to pull that off. Yeah. A lot of them are going to, to be, uh, uh, more like Sandow, Damian Sandow, Right. Or it's going to be, it's a little tougher than, than you think um, to go out there and do that. It's a grind and you got to work your butt off and you got to get real lucky a lot too. Yeah. Uh, so it's not just something that you can just go out and do and be the young bucks. So it's, it's very scary to leave a regular paycheck and a regular schedule with the WWE for the great unknown, which is what WWE is counting on. There's certainly a bit of Stockholm syndrome going on there as well, where, you know, once you're indoctrinated into that WWE mindset, the WWE is the be all end all. And if you go against them, then you're screwed. And you're also worried about, you know, making waves and, and rocking the boat. And, you know, remember on Vince McMahon on the Stone Cold podcast where he said, I don't understand why people don't stand up for themselves anymore. They don't because you've beaten it out of them. You yeah. scared them into believing that we can't. Nobody jumps can't, for the brass ring anymore. No one goes for the know? brass ring because if you miss the brass ring, you fall off the merry-go-round horse, right? Yeah. And you get kicked out of the fair. And you get you kicked know? out of the fair. So, yeah, there's a reason why a lot of people don't want to try and get over on their own. The closest thing I can think of to getting over on your own is up, up, down, down 
with Xavier Woods, and he has been openly clear that he's happy to give as much of the, that credit to WWE as possible, and he, you know is, is very kind of humble about it, and has nothing to do with his wrestling character. He even yeah. calls himself a different name on that show. It's not about his wrestling character. So it's he's done a really good job of differentiating that from his WWE persona so it doesn't freak out the the higher ups in the company. But that's absolutely why WWE doesn't want these people getting over on their own if it's not something the WWE has signed off on because then it's dangerous potentially to the WWE as history has shown Vince McMahon. There's also a thing that uh, to do with you know corporations and whatnot. When anything that you create while employed or under contract with said company is the property of said company, and I could certainly see that WWE is either investing or funding up, up, down, down, or some of these other side operations, but they ultimately have a say in it. It might appear as though that Xavier Woods is out there doing up, up, down, down, and he is doing all of the work. But I bet if he left, he probably wouldn't be able to take it with him. He'd be able to take some sort of thing with him. Uh, uh, he'd have it. to call it something else. But here's or, the thing. He'd have to start all over. It's populated by WWE wrestlers right now. He wouldn't sure. have all those guys on exactly. it, which is helping a lot of his hits. Which also means that they're going to own that channel. Right. If it if he ever leaves or for whatever reason, like God forbid, let's say, he, I don't want him to leave, but it's if he ever does part ways with WWE, they're going to own that YouTube channel. Well, they'll make him take down a lot of content. That's for sure. Or that too. You yeah. know what I mean? Or both. Yeah. So, uh, but at any rate, that's, that is the answer. That's my answer to that question is that's why they are, they, they, their creative is so uneven, um, for other reasons we can do a whole show on, Yeah, but that's why they have so much resistance to wrestlers getting over on their own is because historically speaking, that's bitten WWE in the butt. Yeah. And so they don't want to see that happen again. Next up, we had a question from Will James, a new patron. Thank you for joining us, Will. Uh, given the speculation earlier in the year that WWE wanted Brock Lesnar to lose to both Roman and Braun before leaving, and that Brock is set to fight uh, Cormier in the UFC in January, is the cr- cr- uh, is the crown jewel event in Riyadh uh, or Jeddah? Is it Riyadh or Jeddah? I think it's Riyadh. It's Riyadh this time. Uh, where we is, is that where we're going to see Braun? finally go over both of these guys uh first of all I, that's speculation i'd never heard about uh Me brock going over both or braun. getting braun i'm sorry brock losing to both roman and braun yes um and with what they're doing with braun since he uh challenged like, since roman reigns won the the universal championship yep what they're doing with braun doesn't at this point it doesn't make me think that they're having braun going over in in Riyadh I don't think so either I still am thinking of both of these overseas shows as glorified house shows I don't think we're seeing anything change hands you don't think any belts are changing hands in Saudi Arabia I really doubt it I very highly doubt it and they were surprised they were criticized for not having anything major happen in Saudi Arabia last time so they may do something I don't see the universal championship changing hands over there no I really don't I think that actually one of the reasons why we have a a triple threat is so that uh, we can have some sort of muddled finish or actually Braun takes the pin. I'll be shocked, actually, uh, because here's the thing. I think that the fact that they're mentioning UFC so blatantly on WWE TV right now makes me think that UFC and WWE are coming to an accord. They're finding ways where they can do business with each other. 
And it's it it is. But Dana White hates Vince McMahon. Dana White doesn't own UFC anymore. Well, not anymore. Okay, yeah, that's fair. It isn't up to Dana White at this point. It's about what's best for business, yeah. right? Good point. And so, what's best for business is cross promotion. Yeah, but so, didn't, so UFC has been purchased by Disney and ESPN, if I'm remembering correctly. And now we've got ESPN, uh, who also is in in who loves WWE these days. Sure, sure. So it's. It is best for business to have Brock look good on WWE TV and UFC. You don't want to have Brock look like a goon as he's about to go face Daniel Cormier. Yeah. As opposed to the old way of thinking, which was if they're not with us, we have to bury them on the way out. So I'm not convinced that they're actually going to have Brock put people over on the way out because I have a feeling he's going to go back and forth between UFC and WWE. That's where that's what it's looking more like, uh, especially after Hell in a Cell and he's the, the fact that he's back. Yeah. I think you know? that was the big surprise. I think if you had asked me that before Hell in a Cell, I'd have been like, yeah, there's a real good possibility that Braun goes over Roman here. I could see that going back and forth and just to ramp up the number of – so they can say Roman Reigns is the six-time universal champion, whatever reason it is, that that belt's got to change hands a few times because we've sat for two freaking years while Brock Lesnar has held it and it hasn't changed hands at all, much less appeared on TV. So I think we're all real excited now to see that belt change hands. I, you know what? There is a small part of me that says Will could be onto something here. They could pull the trigger on Braun finally getting it here so that it's not on one of their pay-per-views and that he shows up with the championship and that they, they end up this coming This is out. one of their pay-per-views. But it's a glorified house show, like you just said. But still, it's counting as a, as a show. I understand that. But is it within complete kayfabe? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So, with nothing changing hands here, is this the time for Braun to go over? But I don't think it's going to happen. Let me be clear. Okay. Roman's going to keep it. But uh, there is part of me that's going, they could do that. They, they could they could do that. I, I just I, I agree with him. I think Brock's going to go away and train for 90 days for the rest of the year for his match with Cormier in January. He can't be on WWE, not on a regular basis. So I, I don't know. But he hasn't been on WWE. It's gotten me twice. Get it out, Angle. He has not been on WWE TV on a regular basis all year. That's his thing. He comes in every once in a while, is a big attraction, and then leaves. It works perfectly for his character to be able to do this. So yeah, we, and, we just have to suck it up and take that kick right in the nuts mm-hmm. every single time. Yeah, well, if 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 Saudi Arabia is willing to pay him a million dollars, sure, you damn right yeah. WWE is going to do that. Yeah, we talked about that. I remember from yeah. uh, from Jetta earlier right. this year. Thanks for the question, guys. And remember, if you want to get your questions in every single week, four times a month, it's just $5. $5 every month. Uh, We will uh, put up a post every week so you can put your questions in and join us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash BWO. In a quick lightning round to wrap up the show here, we've got some some last-minute news. Of news. Lightning round of news. All right. So we did not have a Lucha Underground section this week because we just there was so much else to talk about. But Lucha Underground is still going on, and it's still freaking insane. And there's big news this week because Pentagon Jr. lost his title. What? Lost his title. I have not seen this week, so I don't know if I want you to spoil this or not. Dragon Azteca Jr. uh, was the Gift of the Gods champion. Marty the Moth came back in, and he beat Dragon Azteca uh, with... There was some other interference. I'm not going to get too into it because we don't have much time. Right. Basically, Marty the Moth got the Gift of the Gods, and after a triple threat with Mil Muertes and King Cuerno at the end of the the show, Pentagon Jr. was all beat up, and Marty cashed in on him. And won the belt. Marty the Moth is your new Lucha Underground champion. Oh, my God. And he debuted with 
Chelsea Green. He may remember, you may what? remember from All In. Yeah, she's now with Marty the Moth. And oh. um, gave Pentagon a Canadian destroyer, which. Huh. <laughs> huh. Oh my God! What is happening in Lucha Underground? Yeah. I find myself saying that every single week. The Rabbit Tribe. Uh, Paul London killed everyone in the Rabbit Tribe, and what? now is leading Killer Cross to uh, to Lucha. Uh, it's 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 insanity. Oh my God! It's it's, ma- it's like a Saturday morning cartoon of the damned. It's amazing. Holy I shit. love Lucha. It's so insane. Uh, in other news, WWE met with Impact Wrestling, uh, but supposedly they're saying it was just about licensing rights. Uh, they, uh, okay why yeah. is this even public knowledge Did uh, somebody see a sneaky meeting somewhere or going into a building they knew they they admitted it uh, ed nordholm and scott diamore were at the ww offices they met uh with um see apparently vince mcmahon was not involved apparently it was just triple h's team for the most part um but it was uh, they're describing it as a ge- quote a general discussion about the two companies and as a chance to get everyone in the same room as opposed to a specific noti- negotiation um th- now they're talking about paying license materials for like the the broken universe aj styles and smoa joe kind of stuff so they're basically saying it was no 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 it just has to do with footage and licensing and that kind of stuff a lot of people are already like jumping off the cliff and saying WWE is going to buy Impact, but Impact is saying it's not on the table. It wouldn't surprise me, one, but two, it totally makes sense because a lot of these video packages, they're now wanting to show the history of these superstars that and the the 10 plus years of things that they did before they ever landed in WWE. AJ's Absolutely. Perfect, and Samoa Joe. Perfect, and Samoa Joe. And Daniel Bryan are all perfect examples of all Can you imagine things. if they could build this AJ and Samoa Joe feud off the fact they've been feuding for 10, 15 years? Oh, God, yes. Yeah, and so. we've been seeing them do this with like the ladies or other people in NXT and their pro- yep. background in progress. Sure. So they've obviously already got something in place for progress. So they probably need the same thing for, for TNA and Impact. So yeah. it, ma- it makes a lot of sense. And it, it makes a lot of sense that they would try to build bridges between them, especially with impact yeah. on the rise and putting out some really good TV, by the way, I haven't really been able to get, uh, I've already, we already watched so much wrestling on this. I like to cover <laughs> as much as possible, but impact is a really good program. If you're still looking for more wrestling right. to watch, uh, in other news, Starcade has officially been announced again. It will be taking place on November 24th in Cincinnati, Ohio. We don't okay. know if it will be aired this time, but it has been announced. That it will be happening, happening, might be another glorified house show. We don't know. It was a lot of fun last time. Uh, Rey Mysterio has been signed to a two-year contract with WWE per uh, Pro Wrestling Insider and Wrestling Observer News. Rey Good Mysterio officially coming back. We don't know how he will come back, but I personally look forward to his matches with Andrade Cien Almas oh. and AJ Styles and anyone oh. else who can even halfway work. Yes. I'm, I'm so down for that. Uh, Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor is happening on September 28th. The main event has been announced. It will be Jay Lethal versus Will Ospreay Whoa. for the Ring of Honor heavyweight belt. That's going to be a baller match. And also, uh, in the same tapings, they're going to tape Cody's first NWA championship uh, uh, defense, which will be against Willie Mack, also known as the Mack from Lucha Underground. That'll be on the, on uh, September 29th. And then, uh, let's see, on the tw- let's see, November 9th, Northeast Wrestling is having their 23rd anniversary show. The main event will be uh, Phoenix versus Kenny Omega. What? That's going to be a great match. So if you live anywhere near Poughkeepsie, check that out. You also have appearances by PCO, RVD, Darby Allen, Brad Hollister, JT Dunn, etc. Yeah. Etc. The class action lawsuit that was being filed by 50 wrestlers was, was dismissed by a judge this week. Uh, WWE was found to not be negligent in treating and preventing head trauma. 
Are you? I would say they've been more. They've probably done more than the NFL now yeah. to people who are currently involved with them. But this is people who from history. Oh, uh, fair. This totally is like, fair. I mean, this, there's 50 guys. So I can't read them all off, but this is like pretty much everyone you've heard has a beef with WWE is on this list. And okay. <laughs> might be one of the reasons why they have a beef. Paul Orndorff is on this list. Uh, Chavo Guerrero and his dad, the Hebners, uh, Sabu, the Berserker. Uh, I'm just looking down this list really quickly. Uh, Jazz, if you remember Jazz, Shane Douglas, Muhammad Hassan, Henry Godwin, Mark Jindrak, Marty Jannetty, the list goes on and on and on. So there's a lot of people that uh, are, are missing out because this did get thrown out of court. Oh, well. Uh, Scott Dawson of The Revival tweeted out that uh, due to the hurricane, his family house is actually underwater in Whiteville, North Connecticut. Uh, North, North Carolina, North, yeah. North Connecticut. Whiteville is is kind of halfway between Raleigh and Wilmington. So if you can picture that on uh, on the North Carolina map, and what's happening right now over there, I've gotten some updates from friends and family. There's this circulation that's happening, and all the water is moving around. So on one day, one town will be under six feet of water, and then the water continues to move, and it's the the next town over is six feet underwater. And for some reason, this this is just it. All the water's moving all over the place. There's a lot of wrestling families uh, and and all those people that live in Central and Eastern North Carolina, and they're having to deal with this right now. So the the Hardys are no exception. Cameron is out there as well. So yeah. the Hardy compound may be underwater. <laughs> the Lake Jeez. of Reincarnation may be the ocean of reincarnation <laughs> now. The inland ocean of reincarnation. Yes. <laughs> uh, another news, Madison Rain, who you may also know as Ashley Rain from TNA. She was just on the uh, May Young Classic. She just signed a one-year contract with Ring of Honor. So you'll be seeing her over there. They're getting a really good women's division going over in Ring of Honor. Very impressed. And finally, in four days from now, our boy Kofi Kingston will become the longest reigning combined tag champion in WWE history. What? He will set the record for having held the tag belts longer than anybody else in history in WWE. Oh, my goodness. Kofi Kingston staring down some. He's... You think about it, he's been around for a while, man. It's yeah, about... He and he's been a champion a lot of the time he's there. So he's... He's staring down a lot of uh, potential uh, records being set. Damn. Well, guys, that's our show for this week. Thank you very much for the lightning round there, Sir Ian Dangerous. Uh, as always, as we said at the top of the show, head over to Facebook and join us in the Busted Wide Open discussion group. You can also find us on Twitter at BWO Podcast. If you'd like to support the show, patreon.com slash BWO is the best place to do that. $1, $5, $10 tiers, and much, much more. And you can always find merch if you want to let wear, get some sweet swag. Let everybody know that we are your favorite podcast. Head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash store pick up a t-shirt hoodie phone case phone cases all that good yeah we get you I need, a phone I need case. one I yeah need one. it actually works out really mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. and of course please subscribe to the youtube channel and come and join us uh as we live stream this every week at 5 p.m pacific on thursdays if you please come yes. and join us and a reminder Bask in our glory yeah at the top of the show just a quick reminder we are going to be a little bit uh we're, the live streaming stuff is going to be offline for Oof. Uh, the month of October until we get the orbital jigsaw Hopefully arena not moved down too long. Hope no, not. No, we're no. going to, we're going to get it back up as soon as possible. The audio show is going to continue. Correct. Regardless. Uh, the live stream is going to be down while we move gear across country. So that's really what that's going to come down to. We'll get everything back up and running as soon as possible. And uh, just keep all of that in mind. Yes, indeed. And please, if you are listening to us on a podcast, hit that subscribe button. Tell your friends, share us, and leave us a review on your podcast app of choice, iTunes, or Stitcher, or wherever you are. 
uh, and let us know what you think of the show. We love getting feedback. And don't forget, we do go live on YouTube when we, as, as we were saying earlier, join us in the chat there. We love talking to everybody on the chat yes. during the show. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Nick Podcast. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God! Would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.